everyone and welcome to Quarantine in the Multiverse episode 3. I'm Peter and joining me as always is Matt. Hey, what's cracking? Ed Carter's here too. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm confident I'm here, unlike Peter's intro. Wow, what's wrong with my intro? It was a little sing-songy. Like, you, 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 you didn't feel like you were sure of where you were going with well, it. Well, Gene from the multiverse. Well, uh, I'll, I'll let you in a little secret. I woke up about, <laughs> like, 40 minutes ago. No, maybe more than that, because we waited a little bit longer to start. But, like, I, I woke up. I slept in pretty late today, okay? I'll be honest. When, uh, when it was getting about 15 minutes before we were typically due to start mm-hmm. and no one had said anything yet, I was like, is Pete even awake yet? I was awake by that. I was awake about ten minutes before that, and I was—I think I was just going for a shower, as you were probably thinking that statement. But uh, yes, I've not really woken up yet. Okay, you're getting kind of loopy. Me, I just lost track of time because I thought you were going to play mother-in-law or something <laughs> stupid. <laughs> I, I, my sleeping pattern is starting to deteriorate. Um, <sighs> generally speaking, on a you know, in a normal time, I, I go to. Depending on what time you work, usually I'll go to bed between like one and three. It's kind of slipped to about four recently, and then last night I was still up at like gone six. And I'm like, God damn it! <laughs> Good lord. Well, yeah, I'm Not still intentionally. Up I just it, it's just happening. So <laughs> this is a podcast. It's normally comics from the multiverse, of course. Uh, we talk about DC comics, yep. but of course there's no DC comics right now. Although more than that in the first news item in a minute. Just more than that. Mm-hmm. There's this news. But uh, during this uh, no comic time, we are just getting together and catching up. We're doing a lot of questions. Uh, people setting quizzes this week, which is cool. So that'll be kind of the, the bulk, at least the first half, is uh, the quizzes and the questions. Uh, and we'll just catch up on all the pop culture stuff. But uh, that is the, the plan for the episode. But of course, we will start with a little bit of news because uh, there's relevant news of when we're actually going to have comics again. Now, it's not like the triumphant return with fireworks going off that we'd all hope for because it's a very muted sort of dipping the toes in the water we'll have a few comics to read but not a lot which is why that when comics from the multiverse does come back in the first week in may there's still going to be questions and probably some quizzes to sort of uh make up the whole show but it is worth noting that despite the limited output it's a very experimental intense uh, idea that they're going with mm-hmm. to, to get the comics going at all. So, I mean, make makes sense as to why uh, maybe it's a subdued lineup for now. Yeah, you could give us the details on uh, what that method is. I'll just tell them what they're getting, first of all. So we have basically books for three weeks here, but the first one's kind of irrelevant to us because the first week that they're putting something out is... Uh, uh, well, it says Tuesday, April 28th on yep, this. Yeah, comics are coming out on Tuesdays now from DC. That's... For the next little while, at least. That's weird. Extra day to read. Yeah, because <laughs> we need it when there's only three books for the show. <laughs> you know what? But, Pete, I've been reading a whole lot. Not this week, though. I mean, I did finish a, a series we'll talk about later. But other than that, I didn't really read much after that. Yeah. It was, it was kind of nice. Just it, it felt like when you go on vacation. Because anytime oh. I take a break from the show because I'm actually on vacation or for whatever reason, mm. I still try to read the books. But this is the first time where I was like, I don't have anything to read. Matt, do you know what? You know? Next couple of weeks before the books come back, don't read anything. Take take a little break don't, and you'll love books when you come back. Don't tell me what to do. Now I'm going to read books. It's despite oh Pete. <laughs> it wasn't an order. <laughs> I know, I, I'm with you because we, we were throwing yeah. around, okay, if this is going yeah. on much longer, before this news broke, what are we going to do? 
yeah. uh, long term on this quarantine show. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, kind of don't want to read anything. I kind of, I'm kind of enjoying having a well, like a month or so off. Without, yeah. the, without the, I mean, because, I'm reading other stuff. I'm, I'm enjoying not having the dead. I never, I never really felt that well. The books were coming out, but it is because we never get time off from comics. They're always coming out, and no. well, yeah. I, I miss them. It is kind of nice to have just a little break. I mean, I don't want it to be too long, but it's nice to yeah. have a little break. <laughs> no, it is. And like, I saw that the you know certain books were coming back, and I saw those titles, and I got very excited because I want to know where those stories are going. But at the same time, I'm like. It's one of these things where it's like, well, if once we have comics back, now we don't have the anticipation of comics coming back. You know, like, you know, yeah, so once you're at Disneyland, you can't be excited about going to Disneyland. So it kind of... It's kind of uh, an interesting mix because obviously some of the bigger books aren't included here. So here's, here's what the books are. So on Tuesday the 28th uh, this month, uh, which just has no books that we cover on the show. So it'll still be a quarantine that weekend after that, right? It'll still be a quarantine. I'll be quarantined episode five, maybe, if my math is right in my head. Yeah. But... Uh, so the best, there's a third printing of Batman 89, because they're seeing that as priority. Uh, Daphne Burn issue 4, The Dreaming issue 20, Nightwing 70, which is a second printing, also high priority apparently, and Batman Giant issue 4. So we have a Black Label book, a Sandman Universe book, and one of those giants, which obviously is a fairly low uh, priority book for them. So that's that first week. Uh, the first week we actually have books that we'll be covering, and therefore Cox and Multiverse 201 will <laughs> will happen. Is uh, so these are the books out on May 5th, Tuesday, May 5th. Uh, we have Batman the Outsiders number 12, which obviously we do. Uh, DC Superstars 17 facsimile edition. Facsimile. Yeah, I mean, I, I love that they're putting a facsimile edition out this time. Uh, yep. The Flash 753. I know that's the one Bat's most excited for coming back. <laughs> nope, uh, done. Green Lantern <laughs> season two issue three. I mean, maybe Carl will catch up for that. I I have not been able to get the last issue from my store yet, so yeah. I'll have to double dip and digital for it if I do. So we'll see. Yeah, I think we'll cave. There's not a lot of books. Okay. I thought going to go. No, I did not catch up, but now I am. You, you say that, Pete, that there's not a lot of books, and no, there's not. But as we'll get to in the in the the rest of this news with the distribution, I might still have to pick up a meaty stack at some point, and I am on a reduced pay right now. Uh, so I'm not yeah. sure I can afford to double dip on everything. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, okay, okay. Uh, so you got Hawkman 23, you got House of Whispers 20, and Joker Harley Criminal Sanity issue 4. So it's kind of a weird week. There's about four books in there that we'll definitely be covering. I'm surprised we put down Criminal Sanity because of the the different way that it, it's produced. Um, I don't know, maybe they, just, they were just sitting there, ready to go. I don't know, but... You'd think that one of the larger, you know, black label books. They obviously didn't have a problem accommodating for it at their printers, whatever printers no. they're using at the. Mm. Yeah, and then Thursday, or sorry, Thursday, Tuesday, May twelfth, uh, which is the last week we have confirmed, uh, is Harley Quinn seventy two, Justice League forty four, Justice League Odyssey number twenty, Lois Lane ten, and Metal Men six. Uh, so going by previous, unless Matt's completely caught for Odyssey, the books we'll be covering that week are Justice League, Lois Lane, and Metal Men, which is a weirdly quiet week, but. Hey, it's something. Um, so this is very experimental, and there's nothing to say that they might do this, and then the weeks after it might go back to be nothing for a while. Uh, potentially, that's always a possibility. Mm -hmm. But uh, that's at least the plan. So there's going to be two episodes of Couch for the Multiverse in May. <laughs> yeah. So get excited. At, at least. At least, uh, yes. Uh, possibly uh, more. It, so, like, I knew they had uh, issues with with what's going on because of of uh, death metal. 
and whatnot. But I'm, I'm actually surprised they're not putting out the free comic book day issues. You know? Uh, in this time. Well, I'm, I'm not because, I mean, DC's free comic book day issue was largely to do with Generations, which they want to rework anyway, so I mean... Right, but it was also a bunch of reprints too, right? Like, well, no, um, they changed it. They changed it, because it was going to be the Wonder Woman reprint, and they changed it to something right. else, I think. Oh, they changed it to the uh, the Flash Forward epilogue. Right. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, um, and honestly, I think the fact is, the most... Well, a lot of stores are still going to be closed, and you know maybe they can do you know mail order and you know delivery and stuff like that. But they're not going to have people coming in off the street to pick up comics, uh, especially. No, so it's, but... it's going to be almost exclusively okay. What you order is what you get. Yeah, I just I was just thinking like, I don't know that type of stuff with new comic book day in this state right now. I just I I just think with that is. Okay, so they've got to print extra numbers because they're free, so lots of people pick mm-hmm. them up. Then you've got to add this up to these new distributors that, uh, you know, okay, they're trialing this. This is brand new for them. That's why it's presumably such small amounts of books each mm-hmm. week. Let's not overload them with a massive massive stack of these for free comic book. Well, it's I, just I, I, it is interesting, actually, that uh, the biggest books they have are missing, uh, notably double shipping books which theoretically should be on one of these two weeks if they're still you know right. coming out uh batman and wonder woman are notably absent uh batman we do have an idea at least the planned idea right now is the start of june for batman coming back right uh we'll see if that holds again yeah. all this is tiny was on twitter talking about it because he did a question and answer session um and he says that you know he would love for them to come out but he understands why they can't but it's definitely giving them time to adjust some things. And so, you know, we're getting a more, what do you say? Like, I don't want to say toned down, but more concise now with the way that it's going to be coming out, this whole Joker War thing. So it almost makes me wonder if we're getting going to have them weekly for for a minute. Uh, I mean, yeah, maybe they'll, maybe they'll, if they've got all the issues ready, maybe they'll put them out weekly yeah. once they start putting them out for, but I mean, maybe. I, I'll be surprised if they do. Me too. I just, the way that he was talking about it, it was also to, to generate hype, but you know, he just said it's, it's definitely going to have a bang. I mean, if they, know, let's say Joker Wars a six issue art, maybe they'll treat that as a kind of special little event and do something yeah. kind of offbeat with it. But, uh, I mean, I wouldn't expect it either, but like, I mean, it's possible. I mean, yeah. uh, I mean, maybe they'll just like the idea that a lot of their books are ahead by several issues yeah. compared to normal. Looking at a lot of the creators too, like they're bummed out the 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 stores are closed and stuff. But I have not seen them like almost like they're on vacation themselves. You know, um, well, a lot of them um, either got told pencils down. Even if mm-hmm. not, it's hard to f- focus uh, for a lot of them. Which I get yeah. with everything that's going on. It's yeah. it's just it's hard to get down and do all the work when right. you just sit and listen to the news for hours instead right well no i'm just they seem to be refreshed you know like like if we were getting tired of the grind and i know that it's their like job and whatnot this is their profession but you know any any break you can get so i don't Mm -hmm. know i definitely feel like like garrett's and and king and shaner have all been having a time on their of their life you know going in after each other on twitter you know, because they're not actually busy doing what they're supposed to. You know, That's so certainly when you get when you get the guys together, and you know, Tom, like the, Tom Foolery and buffoonery happens. Yeah, so obviously there's the, uh, the the Tom Taylor and Tom King thing going on. Uh-huh. Uh, Donny Cates jumped in on that as well. 
which was pretty funny. Yeah. So, yeah, they just seem to be having a really good time. And comics Twitter is, you know, just as as fun as it's ever been, if not more. I think Tim Seeley's been. I didn't know Tim Seeley could draw, because I had just known him as a as a writer. And he's putting out some sketches that look magnificent. So look out for those. Hmm. Uh, so I love Carl. What's the fellas in and how they're doing this? This uh, yeah. So run. I think first, before I just talk about the details of this, we need to address the 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 elephant in the room that is Diamond, because these books are not being distributed through Diamond, at least not solely. Uh, Diamond have said officially they are now looking at reopening and getting things back up and running by mid to late May. Do you think they're scared? Uh, they're seeing the alternate well, they, methods. <laughs> they said this news before this DC news came out. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they had an advance warning or maybe they just, you know, whatever. They they kind of made it really clear that, yeah, look, this is our target date. It might move. Things might happen. We can't be, you know, certain of this, but this is what we're looking at right now. And uh, DC have essentially cancelled all the orders that any store has made with Diamond for any of the comics at the minute. And those orders can be re- redone through Diamond if they want to wait for them. Or they can use one of the two new companies, which is what they're doing this new multi-distribution through. So the way it's working is there are two different companies that have been set up, and they are subsidiaries of uh, DCBS and Midtown Comics it is, uh, independently. So that's got some retailers worried, but obviously <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole mm-hmm. other, different kettle of fish. And essentially, the, between the two companies, they have carved up the US and Canada, and stores will order from them instead uh, for these batch of comics that are coming out on the Tuesdays. That's why it's being done on the Tuesdays instead of the Wednesday, because they're doing it a like bookstore order, essentially, mm-hmm. and using the pre-established systems that they've got for that. So that's why it will all be delivered Tuesdays instead. Yeah. So that's pretty interesting that they're, that they're taking that route. Um, it's notable that there is nothing for anything outside of, of those two countries. So UK, physical-wise, we've got nothing planned whatsoever right now. Uh, which is why I said, you know, like, I still might have to wait a while and pick up a big stack in one go. Um, I think that's part of the reasons why DC don't want to overload this period with books right now. Just keep it simple, keep it nothing too big in case, you know, they still want they don't want to do anything that where okay this this sells quite a lot off the shelf where people just walk in and pick it up because they're aware that that will result in a lot of lost sales because that can't still can't happen in a lot of places right now. Uh, so these are going to be smaller books, that, you know, the ones that people are ordering on their pull lists and that they can just okay we can do mail service and such. Yeah, because the, 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 there is a concern here where I, I was just starting to switch over to physical a bit more because of the rise in digital prices. Uh, and I have a pull list set up, and I barely had anything off that pull list before everything stopped. Um, there is a concern here that if this goes on long enough and a lot of books start coming out that don't release here, then I may just have to cancel that pull list because I can't have them stack up to a point where it's like, oh, here's 50 comics to buy the second, you know, everything's back right. to normal. Uh, yeah. I can't do it. Uh, it's just impossible. So that's, uh, that's my concern. That's why I said, you know, I can't be double dipping on everything coming mm-hmm. up on this because that combined with not being on my, my full pay is like well i, I can't take that risk uh so no it's uh it's uh... Re- retailers are really mixed on this whole plan by the way i don't know if you've seen this 
Some are like, yeah, oh, seen... no, it's, it's great. It's it's better than nothing. Here's books. It, it feels like, okay, we're getting started. We're keeping customer engagement and retention. That They're just, okay, they're still in the zeitgeist and aware that, hey, comics are happening, even if it's not much. Others are horrified by the fact that it is, you know, these two big companies that are, you know, that are already comics related getting to kind of dictate this instead of Diamond. They think that, oh, what's the point if you're not going to give us the big books? Because we're not going to make any money off these anyway. And then we have to put in shipping costs. I'm like, well, yeah, but, you know, that's better than nothing, surely. I don't know. Mm. Uh, so some people are really scared of change. I feel like some of the retailers who are, you know, the older, like, you know, independent stores who are still struggling behind the times and don't have a website <laughs> still. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it's not on them, frankly. Uh, they're the ones who are scared. I mean, obviously that that's the case. I'm, I'm not saying otherwise, but that these are the people who who at the sight the sound of anything changing or anything new, they don't want to deal with. They want things to just work the way it's always worked. Because um, I've I've seen I've heard reports of people who like in this time when they still want to do mail orders. There's, the the places that don't have websites. There's there's some stores that are literally saying, "Hey, send us an email with your pull list, and we'll." you know, we'll do something or they'll put out like a, an Excel spreadsheet with a list of the books that are coming out. It's like, Mine, yeah, my store has a, has a website. It's pretty basic. It, they update every week with, this is this week's new releases. If, if you don't have a regular ongoing pull, you know, they, these are the new releases and, you know, just tick which ones you want and we'll set them aside. And when you pick one, when you come in, I, I guess, if you want like, an ongoing pull, just email us with the list of what you want. I guess the point I'm trying to make is, is that as much as no one wants to see comic book shops go out of business, I think there's a percentage of them that they're not helping themselves. Uh, there's a percentage of comic book shops who are essentially, you know, jumping in front of the moving train with their arms wide open and being defiant and saying, this will not destroy me. No, it will. <laughs> like, yeah. you have to adapt with the so, times a little bit. My shop's been open uh, periodically, but you have to keep checking with their social media to see when they're there. And they'll, they'll back stuff up and still do curbside, but it's not like... Because of still what's going on here in Vegas, and and the order of, of stay at home and stuff, they have to be they have to pick their spots basically, um, and so I didn't realize this till this week. So I'm gonna probably put in some orders just to, you know. But um, that's how they were doing it. Was the the you just message them with what you want, and you know, when that week that we did get comics, but the stores weren't open, it was just here, here's the list, and they would bring it to the door. And, and you pay with a card. So uh, hopefully this means some of these shops that can that do want to adapt start going more to a digital system. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and like I said, my store over here we're in like complete lockdown. That you know, shops aren't allowed to open uh, comic mm -hmm. stores at all. Um, and that was that's for at least the next three weeks, maybe longer. But we're doing it on a three-week rolling scale right now. That just got refreshed. Right. Um, just last week, my store opened up mail order again because they took a couple of weeks off to write, write okay, well, we're just going to wait and see if everything come down and see what happens. Uh, they just opened back up with it where, because uh, they're still allowed to go into the store and accept deliveries. Mm -hmm. So they got their first restock in the other day. Um, it's like, hey, you know, you want anything? See what we've got. You know, they've got pic posting pictures of their stock. You know, send us a, an email of what you want and we'll send you like a, a PayPal invoice and do it that way. Um but I mean, should the new books be coming out and they be, and be able to, for them to order them and receive them in some manner of time, 
I'm sure they'll do something similar where they'll be like, hey, this is the list. If it's already on your pull, don't worry, we got you covered. If there's anything extra, just let us know. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, it's weird times. Um, I'm, it's funny, I'm, I'm kind of... I'm at, I'm at the point of this now where I'm kind of sick of it a little bit uh, in a mm. way where all... Just the debates about what to do, the debates about the books coming out... Um, like I've been somewhat quiet in the last ten minutes because I'm just kind of sick about hearing about the solutions and what we're going to do about it. Uh, I'm just I'm sick of the whole yeah. situation. Yeah, I think honestly, what's annoyed me is when when solutions are presented, and uh, you know I think this one's probably more viable than the last one because I understand why retailers didn't want to buy into a whole separate service that they had to pay into that was owned by a different store. Uh, whereas this one is no, this is coming from DC itself. This is as as legit as it's going to get seeing the, them still being annoyed at it is just frustrating it's like look you've got to there's, there, there comes a point where you've got to accept right. it and, and do, do you own business it. or or not and i hate to be that guy as a, someone that wants to buy comics you know if, if my shop wasn't a good shop right and they were the ones being pig-headed about it or they come out and say oh yeah we're not, we're not going to give out comics you know i know we're, we're getting them but we're going to save them i'd be upset and look to go somewhere else you know, and that's only another nail in the coffin, right? So I think that I think this will be a Darwinian type thing that the strong strong shops will survive and adapt and, and keep moving forward. And those older ones that are being stubborn or you know just couldn't hang because they're already on the loose, like it sucks. I don't want anybody to lose their their business or their local shop, but you know it's it's a, you know survive in advance, right? Yeah. Yeah, adapt or die, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't want to sound like Apocalypse. You know? so <laughs> I, went with, I went with this. I, I went with the sports metaphor instead. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, move on to happier things. It's cheerier news! <laughs> Yay! I mean, the cheery news of that is, hey, there there are new comics coming out in like two weeks' time. Yeah, yeah, just not. I mean, there's so many asterisks, though. It's not that cheery. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> excited until Hawkman comes out, right? Hawkman and Batman and the Outsiders. When, when I can read those two, which are two books I, I thoroughly enjoy. Okay, so three weeks good. for Matt. <laughs> yeah. So that said, I am. Like I said I'm gonna put it in order. I I realized I loved that Hawkman series so much that I'm just gonna outright buy the trades from my shop. And that's the order I think I'm gonna put in. Um. I imagine so, the first, so yeah. what, two are out by now? Yeah, the first two are out. Because um, I've noticed a lot of the comic creators are doing like these, they're they're putting stuff in for like a uh, an auction via Twitter. Yeah. And I think Venditti had put in the first two and they're signed and there's some other goodies. You know, and that, that went way out of my price range to bid on. Oh, they Real all fast. do. Um, they're, yeah. They're all like, yeah, it's, it's a charity auction. So, like, you know, mm-hmm. you donate directly to the charity. You don't send it to the mm-hmm. creator and right. just, you know, prove to them that you sent it. Uh, right. And it's a, a charity designed for, uh, you know, funding comic stores. Yeah. One of them, I was like, oh, I might be able to get in on this. And I clicked on it. And the high bid was already over $500. And I was like, okay, I'm out on that one. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, it. No one cares about that, like I do. No, yeah. people do. The ones <laughs> people that, do. Like, uh, have you seen the ones that Gail Simone's offering? Uh-uh. Oh, like there's one that's like a uh, like a, a Skype or a Discord chat mm-hmm. with uh, like I think it's like two or three of the the, the Birds of Prey cast. Oh, nice. Like uh, uh, Black Canary was one of them. Like you know, like, like she's just organized that. It's like, hey, that's one of the, the one of the lots that's that she's cool. doing. 
Um, one of them is, um, you know, the, there's the the woman who played Mulan in essentially played yeah. Mulan in the in the original animated one. Like she Wait, did all the choreo. No, 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 not the voice. No, no oh. she did all the fight choreography. It was all based on oh. her. Um, she's like, hey, I'll, I'll give you, you know, uh, she's sorted out to get like a uh, like a martial arts lesson with her when stuff's oh. sorted out again. Well, that's real cool. Yeah, I just know that that Aaron, Jason Aaron, was uh, putting on. He never does podcasts, and he was putting himself out there that you know you donate it um, to the the charity, and you can have him on for a show. Yeah. And we were trying to pull our resources, and it, it got out real quick. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it would have been nice to have, although it just would have been me, even though I've already met him, Chris Farley, showing him uh, via Skype. Yes. <laughs> Uh, quite a questionable choice for a guest as well, given a uh, fairly minimal DC output. <laughs> uh, you could just read Scalped, and that's covered by Vertigo. So okay, sure, yeah. but like he's also, known as the he's the it. he's the Thorn Wolverine writer, Matt. <laughs> okay, he also did a story in American Vampire uh, or the special. So do you know what that sound does in the distance it's the sound of someone scraping the barrel look, that's what, what that sound does do for an hour, you know an hour with jason aaron is so look what will it take for you to come over to dc what do you yeah. want to write we'll sort it out one way or another would, would you would yeah. you like a ginger to be sacrificed because me and matt are both very willing to uh make that happen <laughs> Connor, i'm sorry but if i get jason aaron superman no i know fair. you couldn't enjoy it but yeah, I'll enjoy it for you. <laughs> You're already enjoying Bendis' Superman form. Yeah, I know. But this would be different. I mean, Connor would really love this. He loved Thor. <laughs> All right. Let's do some quizzing. Now, people have sent in some quizzes here. Uh, I cut one or two of them down a little bit, uh, but we've got three here. So I'm going to just basically combine them into one big quiz. Uh, and we'll, you'll just have a running score throughout. Where's my, where's my notepad here? So I can uh, keep track of you two. Pete's hosting QI again. He's so excited. <laughs> so yeah, I'll treat this like uh, I'll treat this like three rounds. Uh, what we'll do is, is I'll roll the, the dice to see who goes first in the first round, and we'll just alternate between you. Uh, so whoever goes first in the first round can go second in the second round. Uh, all right. You want odds or evens, Matt? Odds always. Odds, you go first. All right. <laughs> it was a five I rolled for the record. Uh, so yes. So I'll start and end because there's two of them that are DC related and one that isn't. So I'll, I'll put the non-DC one in the middle, oh, right? Snap. So we'll start and end with the DC ones. Uh, the first one is from Talking Superman, uh, who sent in five questions. His quizzes are always so hard. <laughs> and I'm a Superman fan, but he goes deep. Yes, well, he sent five questions. Uh, he said he loved the quiz section last week, but he, he said the, the whole idea of this is to basically spot the fake one. Okay, so... Multiple choice, uh, you get four options, one of them is fake. So, we get five of these. Matt gets to go first on the first question, we'll alternate obviously between you. Doesn't he know that the, the game's supposed to be two truths and a lie, not three truths and a lie? Quite your whining. Uh, <laughs> question one, as goes to Matt. Okay, which is a made-up Jimmy Olsen transformation? Okay. Jimmy the Merman. Midas Touch Jimmy. Jimmy the Genie, or Jimmy Human Octopus? I almost said Centipede there on, on autopilot. Jimmy <laughs> the Human Octopus. No, thank you. <laughs> um, what was the first one? Jimmy the Merman. Merman. 
don't know. There was Lori Lamaris, right? She's a, a merlady. It's like a computer mm. searching his data banks. He's like, okay, I remember yeah. that cover. I don't remember that issue. Yeah, yeah. Da, 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 I, da, da, I haven't da. narrowed down to, to two. So I'm going to go the merman. Uh, that is correct. Uh, he also oh. notes down that uh, Mermaid was actually a lowest transformation, so he didn't even just completely make it up. That was something that actually happened. So, uh, one point to Matt. <laughs> Question two for Connor. Uh, whom is a fake legionnaire? <laughs> <laughs> is it A, Duo Damsel, B, Stormboy, C, Gem Lad or D Spider Girl. Well, this is going to be a total guess because I don't know any of those. <laughs> Gem Lad. Oh. Gem Lad is correct. Oh. Yeah, Duo Damsel is the result of one of the girls uh, that make up Triplicate Girl dying. Ah. Yep. Well, I knew that one. I, I was edging more towards uh, Spider Girl, but then I was like, no, that's definitely something that happened. <laughs> Mm. pre-crisis that was the other one that i thought maybe it's a bit too on the nose and then thought yeah eh, it might have happened yeah. all right one point each matt you get first cracks of this one uh which of these is not a grant morrison creation son of a b <laughs> you can say bitch <laughs> no uh, i know it's more fun if you if you say the letters uh okay as a nameless comrade nine B, Big Action Science. C, Megadon the Anti-Sun. <laughs> Maybe that's Mage Dawn the Anti-Sun. Uh, and then D, The Love Glove. Oh, I don't want to hope hoping's real. Uh, <laughs> but three of them are real, right? Three of them are real, one's fake. Yeah. Oh, man. They all sound like they could be Morrison created. They could be. And I know how much Talking Superman loves Morrison because we fight over this. Uh, I'm a, a, a traded me well last time, so I'm going to go A. A is actually correct. Matt gets another oh. point. That's uh, 100% guess. Yeah, Nameless Comrade 9 is fake, but it's a combination of Nameless, the titular character from his creator-owned book uh, with Chris Burnham, and Comrade Dimitri 9, a chimpanzee from... Uh, the Philelph, that says. <laughs> I know the science one that, that was... I feel that was... Oh, that right. Like, like the, the Japanese Justice League was like big science something. Um, so that seems to check out. All right, all right. Uh, all right, so everything's been right so far. Uh, number four. Carl, maybe maybe made this too easy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're all just guessing them, though. Yeah. Uh, which hero has never been in a Justice League? A, Metamorpho. B, Phantom Stranger. C, Orion. D, Negative Man. God damn it. <laughs> See, my first thought was Metamorpho, but, but then I'm like, well, he's been in Outsiders, he's been in, obviously, t Terrifics. Has he been on an actual Justice League? And I'm assuming those don't count as Justice Leagues. I would assume so. Yeah, I would assume so. No, not Phantom Stranger, maybe. Uh, or the other two. Phantom Stranger, Metamorpho. Orion and Negative Man. 
I'll go with Orion, although I feel like I'm wrong. You're wrong. Uh, I'll pass over to Matt. He gets a chance to steal a point. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna say it's it's Phantom Stranger because he's above such things. Now we got a double whiff on that one. Negative Damn man. It. Negative man is the correct answer. He was never <sighs> in Justice League, so. It's just like it was Phantom Stranger in. I don't know. Tell me, man. I'll fill us up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I always thought Negative Man was in like Justice League Detroit or something. Yeah, I could have seen that. Yeah. All right, number five, my guess first crack. Uh, which is not? <laughs> oh, he's copying one of my questions here. Which is not a landmark on Krypton? <laughs> yeah, but these these are different. These are gonna go. Yeah, he's gonna be way harder than Pete's Yeah. Uh, uh, so is it A Gold Volcano, B Kryptonite Caves, C Rainbow Canyon, D Meteor Valley? So, and this is just using logic, and I'm probably completely wrong, but it's probably Kryptonite Caves because you can only have Kryptonite after the the planet blows up. That yeah. is what I, my first chunks of the planet. Yeah, yeah. that that was. That would have been my first thought as well, and it's actually correct. And that's the exact explanation he gives: is that kryptonite wasn't a, a word on Krypton because it didn't exist. Right. Uh, right. So yes, that actually ended up being easier than mine. I think, to be honest, it, it was. <laughs> but I just used my my logic as a Superman fan. Yes. Although Gold Volcano, if there was such a place, I would have to see it. Yeah. Well, there's a place on Krypton. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can't get there. Yes. Or was, I, I, this was a couple of weeks ago, but I remember talking Superman was complaining because he was watching Superman the movie and he was like, why didn't no one tell Marlon Brando he was pronouncing Krypton wrong? And I'm like, because he's Marlon Brando. <laughs> Pretty much. I'm sure they I'm sure they tried. <laughs> Krypton. That, that, uh, that guy wore an ice bucket on his head in the island of Dr. Moreau just to see if the director would make him take it off. And the director didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, I get it. No one wants to tell Marlon Brando what to do. The planet cryptid. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So we're going to do something different. We'll return to a DC themed round uh, for round three. But round two is 80s movies. This was submitted by Bourne now. So uh, Matt will win this one. Don't worry. Well, Connor's going first. Uh, he gets to go first this time. Uh, so... Which would have been true even if Cora went last in the last round. It's because the last one was all numbered. It worked out this way anyway, but uh, Cora would be first this round no matter what. Uh, so, right. all right, number one. Besides Die Hard, which other 1980s film featured a character called Hans Gruber? Was it A? <laughs> was it A, Brazil? B, Reanimator? C, Masters of the Universe? Or D, A Fish Called Wanda? Everyone knows Hans Gruber is the hero of Die Hard. Yes. Of course. Yes. Well, he, he liked expensive Swiss mats. He had one just like Mr. Yeah. Takagi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, this is going to be a guess, unsurprisingly. Uh, what was option C? I'm feeling C. What was it? Masters of the Universe. Yeah, screw it. Let's go with C. That is incorrect. Mask got a chance to steal this. So I'm going to say Brazil. That is incorrect. The correct answer Damn. is Reanimator. Yeah, um, I've never seen Reanimator. Do you know, I actually didn't know the answer when I was reading the question, but when I saw the mm -hmm. answer, I sort of thought about it. You know, that actually sounds familiar. I think I remember the last time I watched Reanimator noticing someone was called Hans Gruber and going, Hans Gruber! Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that was number one. Number two, Matt gets first cracked. Bing. 
which wrestler oh this is almost tailor made from that uh, <laughs> which wrestler had a cameo in action movie Roadhouse no I have never seen Roadhouse so I didn't know this uh, Roadhouse is it A Terry Funk B Rowdy Roddy Piper C Ric Flair or D the Junkyard Dog A Terry Funk that is correct of course yeah. man you're that I, yeah, I don't even know who any of those are. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Rick Flair's pop culture, though. Style and profile. Like, rapper's name drop Rick Flair. Yeah. It was also heavily referenced on an issue of Green Lantern Corps, which I didn't even read, but I remember you talking about that. Yeah. The Four Horsemen. Well, yeah, I had to explain that. The yeah. Four Horsemen. Yeah, uh, yeah. That, anyway, that was number two. Number three. Number three. Carter gets first crack. And the 1982 German film Veronica, wait, okay. And the 1982 German film Veronica Voss is said to be a tribute to which classic Hollywood film? I'd never heard of this one, so I had no idea what this was. Uh, is it A. The Apartment, B. Sunset Boulevard, C. All About Eve, or D. Gone with the Wind? Uh, I've not heard of it, so I don't know anything about what the the movie is. To to base this on so i'll go with let's go c again you're going with c that is incorrect all about eve is not the answer matt you've got a chance to steal this one you get lucky okay so sunset boulevard gone with the wind what was a uh the apartment apartment and it's called veronica veronica voss huh. i was gonna say all about eve too because of the v um Maybe that's why I went with that's that. A, that's such a, yeah. It's such a l- lush reason, but... Yeah. Well, <laughs> My brain you know, decided Eve. there was a link somewhere. I actually... Yeah, there's okay. one that I would rule out based on the plots of those yeah. movies, just given what the yeah. title of this movie is. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll explain my logic in a minute once you've answered, but... I hope it's... I mean... You're I'm going to go with A. A shaded me right, so I'm going to go to the apartment. Uh, that is incorrect. The answer was Sunset Boulevard. The apartment's yeah. the one that I would rule out because the fact that the title of this movie is just a woman's name uh, yeah. makes me think that it would have to be one of the other three because the other three are all about you know a, a central woman character who is right. like uh, so Sunset Boulevard's about an aging actress. Uh, Gone with the Wind, obviously. I can't remember her name, but you know Scarlett O'Hara. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, and all about Eve's also kind of about a crazy old actress as well. So all those make yeah. sense. The apartment's the one that sticks out is feeling like it doesn't fit. But. Yeah, no. But see, I thought Sunset Boulevard, because that's the one that I've, I've seen out of those. I mean, I've seen Gone with the Wind, but I never need to see it again. Um, Sunset Boulevard is the one I enjoy out of those. And I was I was trying to fit that Do in, and I just couldn't. Watching Gone with the Wind, knowing the famous line from the end, it's like a four-hour yeah. build-up to the big zinger that you're waiting waiting for. You know, it's, yeah. it's, like, it's like you're at a wrestling show, and you're waiting for that one wrestler to say their one line... That you're really yeah. excited about, so but, yeah, but you have to wait four hours for it. You just watch it, you watch it, and then finally it says it. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. You're like, yeah, that was worth the four hours, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not just asses. Uh, all right, uh, number four, Matt gets first crack. Mm-hmm. The Princess Bride is adapted from a oh. novel by which famous Hollywood screenwriter? Is it oh, A, okay. well, William Goldman? B. Nora Ephron, C. Lawrence Kasdan, or D. Robert Town. It's the great William Goldman. That is correct. Matt's uh, yeah, yeah. pulling out ahead here. One of my favorite, <laughs> one of my favorite guests on uh, on the Bill Simmons show because they were good buddies up until Goldman's uh, eventual passing. So a lot of good stories about Andre the Giant. 
Uh, number five, Cargus for Scrack. Which friend star made an early appearance in the 1987 flop Masters of the Universe? Is it A, Jennifer Aniston, B, Matthew Perry, C, Lisa Kudrow, or D, Courtney Cox? Have any of us ever seen this movie? I, I actually haven't. <laughs> no. No. It sounds like the sort of thing that I would have seen, but I haven't. That, that's what I was asking. It sounds like just dumb enough that any of us could have potentially seen it. I'm sure uh, I'll see it at some point. Courtney Cox. That is correct. Cora gets a mm. point. I knew that one. Did you actually? Yes, I did. I, just, I wasn't going to say anything to give it away. Yeah, I yeah. actually knew so, this one as well, despite the fact that I've not seen the movie. I think I've seen some clips or something, but I knew it was Courtney Cox. Uh, number six, Matt. Yep. Legend had it. That, that a ghost was spotted in the background in one of the scenes of the hit comedy Three Men and a Baby. What was uh-huh. the real reason? A. It was a crew member standing in the wrong place. B. It was a blow-up sex doll. C. It was a cardboard cutout of Ted Danson's character. Or D. It was a piece of furniture. <laughs> I am disappointed that one of those options was not it's an actual ghost. Yeah, so... Uh, once this went around, we went and rented it from the video store and and watched this a bunch of times. And we swore up and down, yes, it's a ghost. Um, and the legend behind it was that a kid fell out of the apartment they were filming in. Well, years later when the internet becomes a thing, you start researching and you find out that, no, it's C. It's a uh, stand-up of Ted Danson from a cut scene. And they didn't even film it in an apartment that was on a soundstage. So it was impossible for a kid to fall out the window. <laughs> yes, that's correct. Yeah. Of course, Matt knows this story. Of course, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. I, I told you about was easily going to sweep this. Uh, this yeah, well, jo- jo- it started off rough. What's funny is that when I read the question, I didn't feel like I knew the answer. But I think when I got the the the, you know, the options, I think that I got it. Yeah. For some reason, that clicked that clicked in my head. I I think I had heard that story well, because, somewhere. Yeah. So the, there is deleted scenes now that show him because I think he was an author or something. And they were supposed to be him with some new thing where he was a, a an ad guy. Um, but yeah, but it is creepy. If you go back and watch it, thinking it's a ghost, suddenly it just appears. Um, but yeah. Maybe the movie more interesting. Um, it, it did. <clears throat> all right, number seven. All right, Carl, I'll be disappointed if you don't get this. In uh, Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers. <laughs> <laughs> I've, only, I've only seen this once. How does the title character kill the annoying Kelly Meeker? Now, I'll admit, I didn't necessarily recognize the name of this, this but as soon as I read the options, I'm like, okay, I don't want this. Is yeah. it? All right. Uh, a, throws her into an electric fence. B, whacks her with a shovel. C, chokes her with the telephone line. Or D, impales her with a rifle. Well, I can picture... <laughs> a rifle impaling happening but I feel like that was a different movie that I'm confusing that with that might not be Halloween I, can't I, help you. I watched Halloween 4 once on the same night I, I, I first watched Halloween I went straight for, I, I watched 1, 2, 3 and 4 all on the same night they're all on TV but, about 10 or 15 years ago perfect place to stop uh, no I agree then when are you going to get Paul Rudd you gotta get Paul Rudd. No, you don't. No, you don't. That movie's it terrible. About a million other movies. Yeah. Um, so that that's my experience with Halloween 4. And I feel like the, the 
the rifle bayonet thing I can picture was I've seen that more recently. Um, I'm leaning towards shovel or phone line because I, 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 I got phone line. Phone line was the first movie. Matt, you've got a chance to steal this. Throws her into the electric fence. Incorrect. It wasn't pills her Damn with a rifle. I am disappointed. Ah! <laughs> there must be another movie where the, yeah. I, I'm picturing someone being impaled on a rifle near a gazebo. I, I want to say that's the Prowler, but I could be... Oh, that might be right. Yeah. Um, I love the Prowler. I love Halloween 4 as well. I, I, <laughs> um, I love the idea that Michael Myers, the shape, right? He has a rifle in his hand. He's like, I'm not going to shoot this. I'm going to stab someone with it. Yeah. yeah. I think it's the Prowler I was picturing because I've seen that in the last, you know, yeah. five years or but so. I'm sure on the Prowler, though, it may actually be like a bayonet rifle, though, so it's actually got a blade as opposed to... Yeah. I, I, when you said this, I assumed it was a bayonet rifle. No, 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 no. This is like a, just a, a rifle that he just impales. Uh, that's great. That's that's a Jason move is to stab somebody with the the blunt object. Oh yeah. Not so much not so much Myers. You know, Mike Mike wants a blade. You know, that's why he carries the kitchen knife. You know. Jason Jason's more utilitarian. So what was the actual answer? What was B? It was D and pills with a rifle. It was impels with a yeah, rifle. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh number eight, Matt gets first crack. Who composed right. the music? I, I, this is what I knew. I, mean, I, I didn't need the options for this one. Uh-huh. Who composed the music for Vampire Western Near Dark? I know this one. Uh, oh, you better hope I guess it wrong then. Is it A, Craftwork? Yeah. Uh, is it mm-hmm. B, Brian Eno? C, Tangerine Dream? Or D, The Pet Shop Boys? Damn, Connor's got a good stone face. I was hoping he'd give something away. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm going to go. Can- Considering I've never seen Near Dark, but it's been brought up, I kid you not, three times this week in various shows that I listen to uh, <laughs> as, as I'm working out. That's amazing. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'll track it down. Um, it is the it is the one Bigelow movie I haven't seen. Um, so I'm going to go with, with, with what I know that it's about. Um, I'm going to go with Kraftwerk. That's incorrect. Damn. Uh, sorry, Matt. Carter? Uh, Tangerine Dream. That is correct. Yes, Tangerine Dream. Uh, fantastic score. Yes, uh, it's really good, really good. Uh, I'm even going to bring it up later. Actually, kind of when I get to one of the movies I watched, but uh, more on that later. Uh, number nine, Carrie gets first crack. What was the name of the fictional town in David Lynch's Blue Velvet? Damn it. Was it A. Uh, Lumberton, B. Uh, Calumet, C. Coolsville, or D. Deer Meadow. I'll go with B. Calumet is the wrong answer. Matt, you got a chance. So what was A again? Lumberton. Damn, that's just such a weird dude. (laughs) Understatement of the year. I'll go with C, Coolville. That is incorrect. Uh, Lumberton was the correct answer. Uh, It was, yeah, C. It was A or C. And I was like... "Mm." Hey, I've seen this a bunch of times, and I I don't I wouldn't have gotten that. Yeah. I, I I did not uh, remember the other time. That and Elephant Man are the two David Lynch movies I've watched and enjoyed. So, hmm. they get Matt to watch Inland Empire and see how see how well, well. What was the other one? It was uh, uh Blue Velvet and Elephant Man. Okay. Yeah. 
Alpha Man's definitely the least lynchy. It's a really good movie, though, but it's, it's definitely yeah, yeah. not that lynchy. Yeah, uh, yeah that's, that's why I started with that one. Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay, number <laughs> uh, number 10. Matt gets first correct. Uh, J.F. Lawton was the screenwriter for Trash feminist, feminist, feminist classic Cannibal Woman of the Avocado Jungle of Death. Wait, <laughs> really? <laughs> I, I think Borden just wanted to oh, drop this gee. title. <laughs> yeah. Uh, however, the screenwriter also wrote a Julia Roberts film. Which film was it? Was it A. Pretty Woman, B. Steel Magnolias, C. Mystic Pizza, or I bet Tim was that movie. D. Sleeping with the Enemy. <laughs> so, what's the uh, name of the writer? The writer. Uh, G. F. Lawton. J. F. Lawton. I'll say Mystic Pizza because that's the first thing that came out. That is incorrect, Connor. You get a chance Damn. to steal this one. Uh, what was D? Uh, D was sleeping with the enemy. Yeah, let's go with that one. That's incorrect. Uh, the answer was Pretty it's Woman. Pretty Woman. Yeah. Yeah. That was the See, one I... that me and Matt both avoided. He's like, no, that's that's. It's too, too obvious. Obvious. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, next up, uh, number eleven. This goes to Connor first. What was the highest-grossing movie of 1989? I actually just know that off the top of my head, but even the answers. Uh, a is Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. B, Back to the Future Part 2. C, Batman. Or D, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Damn. I don't know this. <laughs> I'm going to go Batman. Because, screw it, let's let's do some brand loyalty. That is correct. Batman was the highest grossing movie of 89. That was my first one, and then I was like, it's not Indy. I knew that one. But then you said Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I went, oh, damn, Disney. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, useless yeah. bit of trivia here uh, the movie that was number one the opening weekend I was born because I was born in 89 yeah. was see no evil hear no evil Just, uh, oh, nice yeah. <laughs> I assume we all did that on Twitter like two or three weeks ago when it went around uh, yeah. I, well I actually I did but I knew it anyway because there was a, there was another reason why I, I found out like a few years ago where I did it for like my first like 10 birthdays or something like that I can't remember why I did it yeah. but I remember doing it a few years ago for something as well. The one that went yeah. around on Twitter this time, I had to Google it again because it was, you need the tagline from the movie, mm. right? Yeah, so, yeah, I had to do that, yeah, yeah. 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 And my, uh. Mine was uh, Commando, which I'm always... <laughs> so on brand. That's a, that's a solid one. I mean, I, I like seeing No Evil Here, No Evil, so I'm not mad about it. Yeah, no, but I'm just... Like, the for the tagline or for the one that I can yeah. say, that was number one the day I was born, so... Yeah. What is Connors? I'm pretty sure it was Shawshank Redemption. What? Are you locked out? Yeah. <laughs> the prick. Damn, you're young. <laughs> I, I'm gonna double check now because uh, there you go. Uh, I, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like it was. Wait, was Shawshank number one though when it came out? I believe so. Okay, maybe it was a slow weekend there because it didn't do that well because it you know it wasn't it wasn't a hit. <laughs> I mean, obviously it's the love now, but it wasn't a hit when it came out. I can't. It's not showing up, but I googled it straight ah, away. Well. I'll have to show it later. Right. Anyway, number 12. My guess first crack. What was the name? Oh. <laughs> Got an easy one, hasn't he? This, this is, this is the, the softest pitch in the history of, of pitches. What was the name of Indiana Jones' sidekick in the Temple of Doom? Do you need the answers, Matt? <laughs> oh, man, that's short round. Yeah, you might guess a point. Named, so named after, yeah, named after the writer's dog. Yeah. Do. Would you like the fake answers just to see what they were? Yeah, uh, go ahead. Uh, odd job, <laughs> knickknack, and flapjack. <laughs> odd job's a, a Bond villain. It is, yes. Yeah. Uh, um, 
And Willie Willie was named after the Marshall's dog. Mm. So that that was the theme. So that they at the time they had known that the dog's name was Indiana. Uh, so they they named all the characters after dogs. Mm. I'm right, uh, annoyed at how it's that one was. I know that was that was yeah. Number thirteen, mm. Car gets first crack. Which of these bands didn't appear? Honestly, this is actually maybe just as easy for you. Depends what movie you're gonna say. Which of these bands didn't appear on the Pretty in Pink soundtrack? Oh God! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's supposed oh. to be a super fan of this movie. I, so... I love this movie. Yeah. I do. All right. So, which of these bands did not appear on that soundtrack? A. The Smiths. B. Orchestral Maneuvers. Uh, sorry, Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark. I never heard of this band. <laughs> C. Really. NXS or D. Uh, Suxy? Susie, maybe? Susie and the Banshees. Ah, Susie and the Banshees, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, City. Yes, why, why, why spell Susie like you're a French person? That's weird. All because, right. no, 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 because it, it was a Native American thing. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, used to me, you never heard so, of it. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right, there you go. I'm trying, I'm trying to pick to various songs. So there's a lot of songs in that film. Yeah, okay. there is. Oh, um, you mean... <laughs> you mean it's a, it, it's a teen film? It's, it's a John Hughes movie. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, of course John Hughes, but like, you know, teen movies of that era too are just packed. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the problem is oh god. Um I'll go with C, but I am not in I'm C not was sure. in excess, that is incorrect. Matt is that a chance to steal this in the haste uh, of the uh, century. The the one band I do not recognize on there, and that's orchestral movements in the dark. It was orchestral maneuvers in the dark, but yeah. <laughs> uh, that is also incorrect. It was actually Susie yeah. and the Banshees. Now I don't know what to say. Uh, so no points there the, for that. The only one I was sure about was the Smiths. <laughs> yeah. So uh, number fourteen, Magus first crack. Which of these yeah. is not a character in Arnie action sci-fi? The Running Man. I love this question. I I, I love the effort put into these these. Uh, <laughs> Damn it! Names. I have not seen The Running Man since I was. Probably 19. Right, so which one of these is not in The Running Man? So three of them are. Which one is not? A, Captain Freedom. B, Doctor X. C, Professor Sub-Zero. Or, and D, Fireball. Oh, man. This is just a wild guess. I'll say C, the Sub-Zero guy. I'm so this Matt... My favorite line of that movie is Sub Zero now Plan Zero. So, no, okay, incorrect. I don't know that. <laughs> I'm not you, Pete. <laughs> so know your favorite line from The Running Man, a movie that I don't think we've ever covered together. <laughs> Running Man is a phenomenal movie. I will not accept these. I'm, sh- I'm sure it is. I haven't seen it in 15 years. <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> Connor, chance to steal it. Uh, let's go with B. Doctor X, you just stole a point. Doctor X is that a character? I'll take it. Uh, you thought Matt was going to do a clean sweep here, but the score right now is Matt on seven, Connor on five. The the gap is honestly, I thought it would, and and it my God, bloody short round is an answer. Like, come on. <laughs> um, these, yeah, these are very trivia, like bar trivia esque. Yeah. yeah. You know, where, you, where you think you're like, oh, I know this, and then you're completely wrong. So, yeah, the, 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 those characters in Running Man, if you're unaware, it's got kind of like a Hunger Games meets American Gladiators style uh, plot, and these are all like those sort of characters. I, I figured Captain Freedom was was a legit. Like, mm-hmm. That sounds like the Running Man. 
Yeah. Uh, so the final question uh, in this 80s movie round uh, goes to Matt first. And that is, which actor... <sighs> I'm sorry, Connor. This might be a really easy one. This, this might be just handing Matt another point. Uh, which actor was originally supposed to have a cameo in E.T.? Do you need the options? Is, is it to play the principal? Is that the, the role? Yes. Give me the options. Okay. Yeah. A, Ted Danson, B, Richard Dreyfuss, C, Harrison Ford, or D, Tom Hanks? It, it's Harrison Ford. Yeah. So, Matt gets a point there. He plays the principal that when Elliot gets drunk because E.T., he has to go talk <clears throat> to, to the principal. He got cut for whatever reason. Yep. 8-5. I, I resent how all the easy ones are going to bat. <laughs> eight five. He just locked out. I mean, we did it this first because. Uh, so we're on a, the third and final round of this super quiz, uh, and this one was put in by David. That's the one who makes me read all the awful comics, and also Connor Redhead. But he's he's got a long list of comics for me. <laughs> You're a good right man, now. David. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Anyway, so yes, this uh, this round is titled Green Lantern Corps member or sitting African president. So. <laughs> This could go so wrong. So there'll be no stealing points in this one because you got one chance, right? So right, right, because after after you get it, you don't. Yeah. So obviously there's no stealing points. So you get each person gets one chance, and if it's wrong, then the point doesn't go to the other person. Just no one gets the point, and we'll just go from there. Uh, so there's twelve of these. Uh, back to Matt going first. Uh, so you get six each. So points could really change here, right? Um, yeah. I, I do like that he is uh, for the ones that are presidents. He's put put like what country the president of, how long gotcha. they've been president. So I've got a little good. bit of stuff here. Good, yeah, good move. Good I, fe- move David. I feel like I feel like this entire quiz was just designed to make me say words that I don't know how to pronounce. So <laughs> let's go for it. We're all winners. I was, Even I just if I lose to Connor, we're all winners for this. Oh, yeah, I feel like Matt might be better at this because he's a bit of a Green Lantern nerd with the smaller uh, ones especially. Uh, it depends just how obscure these are. Yeah, yeah worth yeah, mentioning yeah. for the presidents, he's only taken one of their names. So, because otherwise it'd be obviously a human name, because there'd be two names. Right. So I think it's just the surnames that he's taken. Uh, right. So, number one for Matt, Colleen. Colleen. Mm-hmm. Is it spelled with a K? No. No. I suppose I it could be it, it could be Colleen, but I would say Colleen. Right, okay. I'm going to say president. Incorrect. That's a Green Lantern. Uh, Damn it. Khalid of uh, Alstair was a sentient planet element and one of the first seven lanterns. I, I could see it in my brain, but I could have sworn it was with a K. Yeah. So, I asked. Uh, unless David's got that wrong, spelt it with a C. Yeah. He shouldn't have, but, I, right. but I'll trust him. I'll trust him. Uh, yeah, me too, me too. Connor, number two. Kenyatta. President. Correct. Connor gets a point. Uh, yes. Uh, Uhuru Kenyatta is president of Kenya and has been since 2013. Hmm. Number three for Matt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Akufo Ado. Our, our president. That is correct. Matt gets a point. Uh, yeah. Uh, Nana Akufo Kado. Uh, sorry, Akufo Ado uh, is president of Ghana and has been since 2017. Hmm. All right. Uh, number four for Connor. Torquemada. How's that spelled? 
T-O-R-Q-U-E-M-A-D-A. Green Lantern. That is correct. Damn it. <laughs> Tormada is a powerful sorcerer as well as a Green Lantern. <laughs> a little bit of trivia. I think, he has, I think he has a staff. Yeah. Uh, number five for Matt. Okonoko. Oh, man. I'm going with Green Lantern. That is correct. Matt gets another point. Ah. Yeah, uh, Okoroko is an orange-skinned humanoid with pointed ears who retired from the core after training his replacement Dieter. Mm. Yeah, that? Some. Uh, number six for Connor. Talon. President. That is correct. I'll down the point first. Uh, yes, Patrice Talon, president of uh, Benin from 2016 onwards. Hmm. Number seven for Matt. Ramaphosa. Oh, man. <laughs> there's so many Ramas in DC, but there's also... <laughs> um, I'll say President. That is correct. Matt gets another point. Ah. Yeah. Uh, Ramaphosa. Uh, Cyril Ramaphosa is president of South Africa uh, since 2018. There you go. I feel like I should know that one just anyways. That's a pretty notable one, yeah. Yeah, right? All right, number eight for Connor. Not Kiloy. Okay, this is the one I'm really not sure about. I'll, I'll go president. That is incorrect. It is a Green Lantern. Damn. Uh, North Kiloi is uh, a lantern of Eros, a planet entirely covered by water. As he cannot breathe air, he is always seen wearing a glass helmet filled with water. Nice. That trivia. All right. Um, I don't really need to see. That's the, I'll do. Right, okay. Uh, so, all right. So that was uh, number eight. Yes, North Kiloi. Number nine for Matt. Uh, Lungu. President. As a president. There yeah. you go. Uh, Edgar Lungu That's... is president of uh, Zambia and has been since 2015. Is it, that, that sounds like a, like a dialect. <clears throat> but I could have been completely wrong too. That was a unknown landing. Yeah, number 10 for Carter. Co-Cari. Uh, Co-Cari. Uh, lantern. It is a lantern. Is that, is that a German? Let's find out. Uh, Ko is the young daughter of a Kund ambassador and was accepted into the core due to her strong sense of justice and compassion. Yeah. That's close. She's a Kund, not a, not a German. Yeah. Mm. Uh, number 11 for Matt. So remember, there's only 12 of these, so this is the second last one. This is Matt's mm-hmm. last, last go. Uh, he was taking the piss with this one. Uh, Zikatil. I'll, I'll just spell. It. I'll spell it. Z. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, Z. What am I doing? I'm doing that American one. <laughs> what the hell was that? Z. Thank you. Z G H I T H I I. I'm just gonna say that's a lantern that doesn't seem like any other dialect. <laughs> it has a green yeah. lantern. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. Is, is that the sentient bacteria that from uh, John's run? I don't know. Uh, it says here it's a yeah. snake-like alien that helped fellow Green Lantern yeah. Zax fight off the spider yeah. guild of uh, Zax. Zax. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, uh, cool. So, the final one. Uh, I feel like you put the two hardest pronounced ones at the end here for the finale <laughs> element of it. So, for Connor, Kurunziza. Uh, uh, There's a silent end. There's a silent end at the front of it, just for the record. But Kurunziza. The president. That is a president. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, oh Matt, you make. Make. Yeah, uh, president of uh, Burundi or Burundi, maybe if you remember that way. And that's the in uh, K U N G. Is that how is that how it looks? Uh, N K U R U N Z I Z A. He's been president uh, of there since 2005. So he, that's been a while. He's been president. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. That's the end of the quiz. Yeah. Uh, all three rows. Thanks to everyone who submitted them. Uh, what, we were, all... what, what were the points there at the end? It's a big of you. Uh, I will just say that we do want more for next week. So if these have inspired your creativity and you want to send some quizzes uh, to mftvquestions at gmail.com, please do. Uh, I'd love to have a, a big super quiz next week with multiple rounds also made by people. Uh, but the points at the end there is Connor got to a respectable 10 points. Mm-hmm. But Matt wins with 13. Uh, so Matt has a winning streak going do you have uh, the, uh, the breakdown of each round? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was just telling them as it went. I feel like you did better uh, than you thought you were going to do on the, the 80s movies. Uh, honestly, I'm pretty sure the three-point lead was the same at the start and the end of that round. I think you both did the same on that, that final one. Fair enough. Uh, so, yeah. So Matt did better in the first round. You got closer to him in the second round, but not enough to oh. obviously... To, get past them. to quote an over-the-hill wrestler that has no business being in the ring anymore, mm-hmm. who's next? <laughs> Connor again. <laughs> of course. If anyone submits any proper wrestling questions, I'm just not taking part yeah. in that. Yeah, wrestling... <laughs> no, that's fair. Yeah, wrestling quizzes should be done. Yeah. Movies are fair game, I think. You know, some Movies TV like or whatever. The Rock, though, I think. You've seen them all, Connor, because of age. I think those are fair game. I've seen a, a good handful, and that's fair. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I don't mind like you know, move, like proper movies with wrestling. Right. But if it's an actual wrestling question, right. don't no, that, no, 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 no wrestling questions. No, it's not fair to Connor. Uh, movies and comics, maybe some TV, uh, whatever. But yeah, so there you go. That's quizzes. Uh, good fun. Uh, I enjoyed that. Um, so we will yeah we'll move on uh, so we'll do uh, whatever people have been reading comic book wise which for me is actually I planned on reading stuff today and then slept in till like right before we started recording <laughs> so so still nothing for you then so still nothing but like I say I'm kind of enjoying the break I'm kind of enjoying the time off and come back yeah. swinging with other comics so uh, I, I've been slower this week on comics that's for yeah. sure because of that though I, I haven't even done one of the uh, the books I was you know I was going to do one book this week of one of my you know, uh, Patreon books or whatever. Uh, I'll just do two next week uh, to account for it. So, uh, did you do any for this week, Connor, actually? For the end of the show? No, I've got them for next Well, I, I still don't know what my other book is. Oh, yeah, Tyler. Come on. <laughs> so I was kind of waiting on that and just going to get them both done. And then. Confirmation, Tyler. Come on. I never got told. Uh, anyway, okay. So, Matt, what have you been reading this week? Uh, so, in between, uh, we are recording last week and probably that Wednesday. I blasted through Matt Fraction's Hawkeye. Um, I do got to say it's probably one of my favorite comics I've ever read. Uh, it is a... So, like, I was... The only Fraction I had read up to that point was, like, the first arc of Sex Criminals when I decided I don't need this uh, monthly. I'm going to go back, and I just have never gone back to get the collected editions. 
I did the exact same. Yeah. So, which I, I really enjoyed. It's a really funny book. Oh, and, it's, it's really solid. Right. And it, and it hits, it hits the right emotional notes when, when stuff starts getting revealed and, and you know, him and Zdarsky. about that book is that yeah. it, it lands those beats over the course yeah. of the So I, I have, I do want to go back. And then I had read, which is another one of my all time favorite runs is him and Brubaker's immortal iron fist, which they shared. Um, and so I really enjoyed it, but Fraction was a writer that I mostly do part to Mario. I had written off as someone I didn't like because he's too lighthearted, right? And so I just, I missed his Hawkeye. Although hearing great things about it all the time and again, Mario telling us or telling me, eh, it's just okay. I never felt the urge. Um, yeah, don't, don't trust Mario. That's, that's what you've learned there. I, 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 I've learned this now. Well, yeah. Although I will say he is going and reading using this time of no new comics to read some DC stuff. The fact that he read the uh, the Babs in Burnside stuff and didn't outright hate it is uh, yeah. some major growth. It, it is. Yeah, uh, I, I was like, um... even me and Pete didn't like the the Babs and Burnside stuff oh, no. that much. No, I didn't. So not. the fact that you got through it and didn't burn something down is a win. Um, as far as far as Fraction's Hawkeye goes, I actually love that book, and it's uh-huh. the only thing from Fraction that I like. Everything else I've tried from Fraction yeah. has not been for me, but I love that Hawkeye book. Um, I've I... been recommended his uh, his his FF, not Fantastic Four, but the Future Foundation book, and his Iron Man. You know, I'm not a big fan of Tony Stark I, outside I, the movies. I tried his Iron so, Man. I didn't like it. Yeah. So, um, but his Hawkeye, I I started reading it in. Instantly fell in love with, with Kate Bishop as a character. Um, as great as Clint is and as awkward and every man he is, which weirdly is completely different than the Hawkeye that I had known from the movies or anything else, right? Um, he just had this this loser vibe that that fraction nails. And then Kate's the complete opposite. Like they they're yin and a yang. And I had always worried because she is so much younger that this was going to be a romantic kind of thing. <laughs> and that's always there. And I feel like Fraction and, and the other creatives that work on it are constantly like messing with you on that. But by the time I got to the last issue, it is no, it is definitely a mentor mentee platonic love. Yeah. Like, and that's the, you don't want to say brother, sister, but it is like older family member, younger family. That is not forget pizza dog and all this because i feel Our like pizza we're, dog, we're lucky yeah. uh the the the, the tracksuit draculas <laughs> with the, the, i say bro a lot these guys bro <laughs> you don't want to be messing with that bro bro yeah. um but i will say i as much as great as the uh the fraction and aha stuff was is that how you say it or is it aja it's just aja but aja i could be wrong as great as that is <laughs> I really hit the stride when it just was Kate in LA doing her her private investigations, which if that was you know one of the series they were going to do on, on Disney Plus or whatever, fully here for that. I, I still well, I still remember uh, because they were kind of alternating between her and Clint for a little while. Yeah. They actually delayed one of the issues so much that yeah. they came out of order and they got away mm-hmm. with it because it was just like two Kate issues back to back. So the numbers were off, but at least it didn't. I've, I've only read two thirds maybe three quarters of the run because the delays towards the end were so bad like it was astronomically bad that i just fell away and, and never actually got back to finishing it 
Yeah, so I found that out reading uh, reading this one, and but the trades that they came out was the first two, you know, as they came out, and then uh, and the first trade that I had has the um, the the first time Kate met Clint in Young Avengers, which predates everything. So it's almost like if Faction had this idea for a long time, because I think that story is from 08, 09, and Hawkeye didn't start coming out until 2012. So like it had been a long time coming. So that's at the end of the first trade. And then it's just the main story. And then it takes this break. And the third trade is called LA woman. And it's all the Kate stuff. It just separates them. Yeah. That makes and sense. Then, and then the fourth is Israel Bravo, which is the ending of it. I and wonder I just, if the, uh, cause there's the, uh, there's other sets though where it's like complete, yeah. you know, Hawkeye. It's just in like two yeah. volumes. I wonder if that's just an order of the issues that came out originally. Yeah. Um, I'd be intrigued. I think it would play either way, right? Yeah, yeah it plays either way. So I read the Kate stuff first, and you could probably read it the other way around. Just to wonder what she was up to, or whatever. But that stuff and uh, was drawn by Annie Wu, who I was a fan of from the Black Canary DCU series, which. The writing I wasn't a big fan of, but I went through that first arc. That, just that the orange art. art was gorgeous. Yeah, and it's completely different. Like I knew it was Annie Wu, but I'm like, I know really that clean name. in Hawkeye in comparison. Yeah, and it's it's there's a sheen to it, and it's just I I love it. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm going forward now. I picked up the the Kate Bishop solo series, the the Hawkeye by Thompson. Uh, the Thompson stuff. Literally, it's all made to, to read this next. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm going to start reading that, and then after that, I'm going to head to uh, Tom Taylor's All New Wolverine, which I have the first trade of that. Oh, yes. Amazing. So, I, the thing with which, uh, Kelly Thompson is I I never tried anything by heart, and I, I just took it on a whim, tried West Coast Avengers last yeah. year, and ended up loving it, which is why I bought all of our, our Hawkeye trades after that, the fact. That book was so delightful that, that it made us like Gwenpool. Yeah, yeah, Grimple was great in that book. It's only ten issues. It got cancelled after ten issues. I hate Marvel sometimes. You know that? I, I really yeah, hate Marvel sometimes. That's a book sometimes. of DC that would probably once, get eighteen at least. Yeah. So once, so once I'm done with, with the Wolverine, I'm planning on hitting, I think, Young Avengers, and then maybe I'll hit West Coast Avengers. Um, yeah. I just, uh, I fell in love with Kate Bishop in in uh, the the Gillian McKelvey uh, Young Avengers. Yeah. So she's definitely in my top five favorite Marvel characters, and she's. I almost feel like she is marvel's barbara gordon i feel like she shares a lot of that same vibe of she's the younger hero but she's striving like she's almost like if you mix barbara and dick grayson you know she has that chip on her shoulder a little bit like this is not who i am but she also goes about it the, the same kind of clinical way that that barbara would mm. and i just since i wasn't enjoying batgirl this has scratched that itch right like it, it's the young hero and she's she's super quippy without it feeling annoying because I feel like in the age of Deadpool, the the quippiness and that might just be fraction, right? That he's good at that type of dialogue, um, but it just it feels natural. Like I, this is, I feel this is stuff that a young person would say and how she would act and I, I don't feel like it's. Yeah. force at all and, but and now matt you can join me in being excited oh. for the fact that they should and will cast uh, steinfeld as kate bishop I, for, for so Haley steinfeld is the one where my wife accuses me of being an old man pervert because i do although it, it's not so much an, an attraction thing i just i like her as an actress and she's mm. always wonderful in everything she does oh, don't worry so I, I have got photographic evidence of who matt's an old man pervert about yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that that ship has sailed 
uh, now that that's gone. Um, so, so when I said, you know, she wanted to know why I was constantly reading this book and I told her about this new character and I was like, oh yeah. And Haley Seinfeld might be playing her in a, in a show, you know, that they're going to be, and she was like, oh, of course. Right. So it just makes sense. Like if there's going to be someone that plays her, it should be. It's, it's great Haley casting. Seinfeld. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, Kate Bishop has jumped into my favorite characters, which is funny too, because I brought up that Mario has been reading DC. I've been doing the same with Marvel. Because I also, when, before I started Hawkeye, I think I finished, yeah, I finished, uh, I got caught up with Immortal Hulk, which I won't spoil, because I know Connor still has some issues. And I've got like one issue to go. Again, I have, I'm not certain what's going on, but I love what's going on. I'm sure there's a bigger I, I get that. I feel play. like there is, there's definitely stuff I'm missing, not being mm -hmm. as, uh, as versed in the Marvel history, especially yep. Hulk history, yep. uh, as I am with like, almost any dc book in comparison yeah. i understand that oh this is a big deal because of x reason mm -hmm. but i don't always get that immediately i don't know what that reason yep. necessarily is well, but it still lands and even the hulk's been one of these characters too that they haven't been able to like you had the greg pack stuff but pack shifted to amadeus show so quickly that a lot of the bruce stuff just kind of it hasn't stuck and so the fact that he's going back and he's playing with all of it from the beginning with Rick Jones, with Betty and Thunderbolt and Yeah, I felt like this is this is probably the first time they've known what to do with Hulk since uh -huh. like Planet Hulk time. Yeah. Definitely. Because they've they've had like a handful of runs in, in the years mm -hmm. in between, let me wrong. And some notable creators, like I think Wade had a run on yeah. I think it was Indestructible Hulk, I think that yep. one was. Yeah, that was and only was okay, that was only fine. okay, that book. I yeah, read it, that one. Yeah. That's what I mean, like it was fine. It wasn't offensively bad or anything. No. But again, it just felt like they didn't really know what to do with Hulk for a long time. No. This is the first time I can say that I enjoy reading a Hulk book because I did read Indestructible Hulk up to a level. I read like, I was just like two trades worth. Yeah, like it's fine, but like I wasn't, you know. And and then I got to the point in Civil War Two where they they killed him, and I'm just like, I don't like Civil War Two. So that was another thing. I was You're not alone in that one. I don't think. No, I mean that made me drop Power Man and Iron Fist, even though I was enjoying that book because how irreverent it was and and whatnot. So then I also I when I'm looking up the the all new Wolverine there's there's the Civil War tie-in stuff and it kind of bummed me out but I'll, I mean I'll still get through it because it's highly praised by you guys uh, but yeah and I, so I feel like the Hulk stuff might be benefiting the most because they did kill off Bruce or kind of or whatever they had done in that story um, and then I also caught up with with Captain America which is a, another Ta-Nehisi Coates on that book and what he's doing. I don't want to call it a satire, but it's definitely politically aware, politically aware of what's going on in this country right now, which and, um, makes a lot of sense because yep. from what I know of, of Coates, his background was as a political journalist. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's just everything's fine. And it's, you want to be like, Oh, well you're just pouring on one side, but he's not, he is pouring on two sides of this argument. And it's almost like Steve stuck in the middle. Yeah. Right. Where he's kind of like, well, no, I want to just be Captain America. I want to be Captain America for me. You know, that's great if people look up to me, but I don't want it to be weaponized again. You know, so he's kind of this man caught in the middle of his own identity. And what does that mean? And it almost feels like that's what's going on here is where we're caught in an identity of what it means to be an American. And it's super, super smart. So uh, not so much, not so many DC reading going on right now, although that said, I have plenty. Plenty, plenty backlogged DC stuff. But no, if you have not read 
the the faction Hawkeye, give it a go. You you won't be sorry unless you like terrible things, because that's the only way I can see you not enjoying this. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, so. No, but a good time to promote uh, previously on the multiverse, yeah, uh, which the episode just put up uh, yesterday at the time of recording. So two days ago, if you're getting this publicly, uh, this is the show that me and Connor do where we're reading all DC comics runs, and uh, we just had episode was it eight this week, and we're working through post crisis Batman. So we're actually in the middle of Batman Year One right now, uh, going through Batman Detective in order. So it's actually been really weird, like jumping from Frank Miller's Year One to what Detective was doing at the same time, which is like this goofy old school Batman story. It's all bright colors and you know, total yeah, whiplash. It feels very like seventies in comparison. Yeah, you you could almost create like not just post crisis, but post Miller and pre Miller Batman, right? I mean, year one's like two issues in post-crisis, so I mean, it's basically at the same time. <laughs> no, I know, but like the the imprint that he left on that character still reverberates now. Sure, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So, it, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I've got that. I've got Stephanie Bird back, Girl, and Wade's Flash, and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, you know, this, it's Superman Emperor yeah. Joker, which sucks, but... <laughs> yeah, it's not good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I, I mentioned it obviously because I want you guys to go watch the show or listen yeah. to the show if you if you like uh, the idea of that. But uh, there's another vote up for patrons, five dollars and up. Uh, the patrons are voting on what's going to replace Emperor Joker, uh, and the options which I did have written down. If I just find my uh, my list here, it was a uh, Superman, Red Sun, Batman Year One Hundred, Shazam: The New Beginning, and Zatanna by Paul Denny. Uh, there's already been some votes coming in, but five dollar not patrons can vote in that. Uh, and I'll, I guess I'll take this time to also thank our patron producers since uh, I've, I've mentioned it so much. So Patreon.com/slash/MailFuzzTV. Uh, One dollar more can support us. Five dollars and up, of course, you get the all the multiverse podcasts a day early and the occasional votes uh, on previously. Although now that we're doing that weekly, the votes will at least be every other month, probably at least one every other month, if not more than that so uh but yeah so thank you to our patreon producers uh so thank you to david shaw alison m forday cindy palacios and tyler hess uh but yeah so cool there we go uh car so you've been reading anything away uh, i did um mostly marvel stuff as well um <laughs> not a huge amount my dc stuff i i'm reading for, for previously so i'm reading like seven comics for that every week yeah you know? uh so it's the stuff that's on top of that. Which, uh, which yeah, I, I, I think that's why I don't necessarily feel any pressure to read anything DC outside, you know, like right now. Like, I, I still, yeah. I'm still reading DC books every week for that show, so. Exactly, yeah. That's why I'm kind of focusing on other stuff, I guess, while I've got the time. Yeah, Carl's been reading Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. <laughs> no, no. Uh, uh, I, I started last week and I mentioned it then, um, but uh, Doctor Strange The Oath, I finished that off. Uh, I kind of loved that. That, that was yeah. really fantastic. Uh, art was gorgeous. Uh, it was really, really effective, and uh, it, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought it was going to. Like, I thought, oh, you know, it's a, it's a well-regarded story, but it's it's a Doctor Strange story, so who knows? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, no, it, it sucked me in good. Oh, it was okay. uh, it was real smart. Uh, but more interesting is um, so obviously we we've been talking a lot on this show as much as we can uh, that we really like uh, Coates' Captain America. Obviously, we were just talking about it a minute ago. Yeah. Very good, very good. So uh, I went back and started his Black Panther run. Um, Ooh, okay. Which I, I think was like his first proper comics work. I feel like it was, because I remember him, because he's... I remember when he got announced, and I went to Barnes & Noble, and just to look up what other books he has made, uh, he had written, and it was a lot of nonfiction stuff. Yeah. Right? Um, so, yeah. And I think the first few issues... I think that shows it's very wordy. Um, 
even by uh, like Coates is still a, a fairly wordy writer now, don't be wrong. Mm. Uh, but it was a lot in those first three or four issues of Black Panther. Um, has it, it's toned down quickly though, so it is adapted reasonably fast. Uh, but it's a uh, it's really solid stuff actually, and I say that with kind of I went into this not really knowing what the book was about, what the, the status quo was at the time. Um, but it is just him, the, the struggles he has as a as a political leader, as a king, and trying to balance that with being a, a hero. And what he actually wants to do, and uh, there's a fantastic issue early on, where he actually consults with some other world leaders, like other kings and stuff, but of like a lot of like terrible nations, like they're they're borderline dictators, mm-hmm. and it's like so, like you, your country's in order. How do you actually do it? And they all give him this like terrible advice. Well, terrible to us. It's like you know, like yeah, you got to just squash the uprising. You got to put them down hard. Yeah, you know, it's going to be ordered chaos and all that stuff. But it's interesting to see you know, a character generally considered you know, the hero going to these more or less villainous characters and seeing you know what can he learn from them mm. and uh, i think that actually you know it, it's it's clear to see where coates has gone from this into his captain america and you can kind of see the, these parallels and themes in his work uh, already um i've got most of the trades i think that are out right now I, I, there's a sale on right now i just picked on comics obviously I, I just picked up the last one of whatever the the series mm-hmm. is at the minute uh so i think i've got Good handful of trades still to go. If anyone's interested, I know um, Marvel were giving away a bunch of free trades on Comixology. Yeah, I, I, I claimed all of them because why yeah. not? <laughs> um, the the there is a trade in there of the uh, the Coates Black Panther stuff, and it's actually one of the deluxe trades. It's like the first like twelve issues or something of that series. Mm. Um, so no excuse not to give it a try and uh, and see what you feel like mm. um, because I I've been uh, enjoying it a lot more. Than I thought, especially once you, you calm down on the words a little bit. Yeah. Dang, he was on that book for four years. Yeah, it's been going a while. There's, there's because, probably like eight, because it's been over like two different series, I think. Yeah, because it's Black Panther Volume 6, 1 through 18, and then they, you know, legacy numbered to 166 to 171. So right there, that's 24 or so issues. And then Volume 7 is 1 through 25. So yeah, that's, that's a hefty number. That's, you know, yeah. issues. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's up to about book eight at the minute is the last trade that's out. That's the one I just bought on sale. Mm. And then there's yeah. uh, there's various tie-ins a bit around it that I, I yeah. don't know if I'll bother with. But, yeah, you uh, have World of Wakanda and Avengers of the New World. Yeah. Oh, no, those, are, those are the two trades. Never mind. Uh, uh, World of Wakanda is the tie-in and Black Panther and the crew. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the crew actually got kind of set up in like the last issue I read, like seven yeah. or eight, I think it was. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it's, like, it's, it's Luke Cage, Misty Knight, um, and a couple others who I'm blanking on right now, but hmm. uh, you know, it, it was just introducing them there, uh, so it's interesting to see they have a, a spin off later. Hmm. All right, cool. Uh, I guess that'll wrap up the comics talk then. I think we'll talk about some movies because uh, I'm hmm. sure we've all been watching something. Although Car's been playing a lot of video games, we are going to talk about video games in a minute. Uh, I've watched uh, at least two movies before the game arrived. Uh huh. That okay. I've got things to say about. Okay, well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Uh, I've got I've got a few. What a couple? What a couple of notable? Uh, so <laughs> I, I'm going to start off uh, with arguably the main event is that because of a stream goal last Sunday, I sat <laughs> through Cats from the end of last year. You the fool! Musical directed by the same guy who did the King's Speech, and I I, I really have a hard time. Like, 
He was supposed to be the next James Cameron. And they didn't say that just because of the he kind of resembles him, right? <laughs> this was a guy that could take a big budget and weave a complete tale. You know what I mean? Like, but and what, then Cats happened. What movie uh, had people thinking it was the next James Cameron? I just remember hearing that the way that his brain worked and whatnot, not so much like the tone of the movies or the content of the movies, maybe the way he conducted himself on set. So maybe it was not <laughs> so much a nice thing. Um, cause I have heard stories from not personally, but via Twitter and, and other things of how difficult it was to work on set with him during cats. Now he might've just been in a bad mood cause he was directing cats. <laughs> <laughs> Would not blame him for that one. No, but like with all of these, you know, he did, um, the, the, the John Adams documentary, not documentary, uh, the John Adams series on HBO, that's you know based off of a uh, off of a super in detail history book, and just the stuff that he could do, you know, making I enjoyed the King's Speech. I don't know how you guys felt about it. It was something that I didn't feel like I was going to enjoy, and I enjoyed it way more. I don't remember it being solved for what it was. I, I wasn't in love yeah. with it. Like it was, you know, it was the big Oscar yeah. contender that year, and I didn't like it that much. Yeah. But it was, it was fine. Um, but yeah, so and then he did Les Mis, and he did uh, the Danish Girl, which I still had never seen. Because that's just definitely not my damn period piece. You know, I've already done that a couple times it, with, it was with him. fine. Yeah, like Eddie Redmayne, I'm sure, is fantastic because he, he is. He is because it's And everything Redmayne. he does. Right. So, and then Cats. And just, like, Connor could not do it justice. And so I'm curious to Pete's take here. Cats is one hour and 50 minutes of noise. And I say that not just because the music doesn't appeal to me, right? It's outside of the one famous song that it has, which is Memories, almost all of it just blends together in a blur of noise. There is no plot. Uh, It it is they loosely set up that someone's a villain, and that's about it. The lead character, the protagonist, for I mean, that term feels so, you know, like just ill-equipped for this movie but she's inconsequential to what's going on and all that really happens is is that they start singing and dancing the song will last for too long every single song felt like it went on for like 10 minutes and then it'll immediately start into another song and i started to get confused as to how we got from one location to the next where all of a sudden what we're in train tracks now where did we get to the train tracks oh where did we get to this place how did we get to this it just it, it was them traveling through things the whole movie but let's be honest, the thing to really talk about, I mean, okay, it's terrible from a, a, a storytelling perspective, yes, right? That's whatever. Nightmare fuel. The visual effects in this are disturbing. They're disturbing on a level that I have never quite witnessed before. And you never quite get used to those faces uh, that are sort of on the bodies. But then you have Rebel Wilson who starts to open her legs wide. Or you have like Idris Elba who's the villain who eventually takes his coat off and he looks even weirder than he did with, with his coat on. It, all of it is disturbing. And it it's almost two hours of just nothing nothing happens in the movie it, there's nothing to follow it's it's i would be i am livid i'm not, i would be livid. i am livid. I'm looking at the characters names and some of these are quite hilarious i i, I could i can tell you old deuteronomy because they said that one mm-hmm. a lot right the well, rest yeah, of them are nonsense. Tugger, which, which which is fun <laughs> 
I don't remember what they kept. I don't remember what they kept saying at the start. I remember we were making fun of it when I was watching it. It's because it sounded like genital cats. Jellicle. Jellicle. Yeah. What is a jellicle? I don't know what jellicle is. I don't know. But I never want to hear the word ever. That was one of my my thoughts. There's a cat named Growl Tiger. Like who? Who allowed that to happen? And Judy Dench. What's Ray Winston called? Oh, I don't know. That's Growl Tiger. All right. Because he just shows up at one point. Why is Ray Winston here? And Judy Dench looks like the lion from Wizard of Oz. She does, because they didn't bother finishing the effects. <laughs> and then Taylor switches Bumble Urina. Again, what kind of name is this? Yeah, she keeps she keeps she she keeps that in high heels and she does all these sexy dances. It's it's disturbing. It's like, I mean, out there somewhere there's some furry who's you know you know knocking one out head. to this and they're yeah. they're loving it. But Mr. Mistopheles. Was that even spelled like oh, I, I, I remember that one because that was a that was repeated a lot in a song. Yeah. Also, the sense of scale was very loose in this movie. There were some scenes when they were supposed to be not tall enough to reach the top of like a chair, or the, even the top, like the, the, the you know the, the, the seat of the chair. But then sometimes it'd feel like they're like maybe up to window height, so they'd be like twice as tall. It, it was all yeah, over it, the place. It, it was bizarre and all over the place. Uh, honestly, I, I you know Matt said I didn't really do it justice. I don't think anyone can do it justice while sober the only way i can do it justice is if you go and read my live drunk tweets that is the closest representation to my thoughts you can ever uh, you know ever get on this i did tweet out i took a few selfies as i was watching it and tweeted them out uh those, those are accurate representations of how I felt in those moments. Like, don't worry, no. The first time I saw a cat and then, and then they started singing, there was, like, hysterical laughter for maybe, like, two minutes. And then after those two minutes, the horror set in and I realized how long there was left of the movie and it stopped being funny. And it was... It was just painful. They've got, like, Ian McKellen in there at one point just doing nothing. Also, you can have a movie where it's, it's actually cats and a, a cat society and have them say things like, oh, cat got your tongue. Oh, look what the cat oh, dragged in. I hated the cat puns. I love a good pun. It does not work in this context. It does not work. And where are the people? Because the, the, this, this is clearly still a human world because there's at one point they're like in a house and they've got like cutlery and stuff. Like, and it's human sized. There's like a, a set table that, and they're messing about with it. But why is there not a single human ever anywhere in the whole movie? bizarre questions i do not have the answer to uh so yes i watched cats this, and i regret it deeply. sounds just so i'm reading i didn't do this for when connor was was doing it because i read his tweets and that uh, i didn't <laughs> want to ruin it but i don't think i could have there were words in here that do not that's not what that word means go on no i'm just like the 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 heaven what is it called the heaven layer like Ah, uh, that doesn't ring any bells. No. The the, the heaven side layer. The heaven side layer. Yeah, they say that. Yeah. That's where the that's where the person goes up in the hot air balloon. Goes yeah. to Spoilers, I guess. In a chandelier. <laughs> so like, uh, I understand it's supposed to be their afterlife. However, so their afterlife's in a chandelier. Oh yeah, no. The the whole point of the film is the reason it introduces all the cats. Because that's all the film is—just introducing different cats right. and giving like a quick little like story about said cat—is to decide which one of them gets to die and be reborn as a better cat. Right. Like, it's a suicide cult. Right. So this is all based off of a book from T. S. Eliot called How "Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats." It's a good question. 
Yeah, so but I, as I understand it, though, the original stories were all disconnected and not meant to be one yeah. whole thing. Uh, the, right. the, 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 and then Andrew Lloyd Webber came in and went, yeah. I can do magic with this. <laughs> no, he couldn't. So, just, so he thought. <laughs> I remember out here, we had the Starlight Express at one of the hotels as the show to see. And I remember asking one of my dad's friends, what's it about? Because it, it, it's a Broadway show, but everyone's on roller skates. And sure. And they, oh, it's about a boy's love of trains. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, yeah. dear. All right. So I don't think Andrew Lloyd Webber is the type of uh, creator for, for me. No. Although, he did Jesus Christ Superstar and Evita. He did a. Joseph is technical undercutting. That was him. Yeah, he's done Phantom of the Opera. He did a Phantom of the Opera. He's, he's probably the only awesome. person in the industry that I've ever heard of. So he's clearly done a lot of big things. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think who, who else is on Broadway. Uh, off the top of my head, yeah, Rogers and Hammerstein. But they're older. Yeah, I've seen a few of those. I've seen Jesus Christ Superstar. Um, yeah. Better than Cats. I'll tell you that right now. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, it also helps it, lyrics by Tim Rice. That, that helps. I mean, Carter, when your bar's a 0 or a 10, there's not really much saying that... No, okay. I, I agree. So I, I kid you not, looking up the Starlight Express, inspired by Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> what? <laughs> right, I just want to point out that on Letterboxd, if you go ahead and look at my rating for cats, it's a half star. Yeah. That is because you have to give it a half star for it to register as a, as a rating. You, you can't give it 0. <laughs> you shouldn't yeah. give it any lower. If I could, I would. Yes, I just yeah. want to make that clear. <laughs> it's garbage. All right. It's, it's it's bizarre that I can't actually picture any of the songs from Cats right now. I'm, I'm struggling to like sing even like oh, two lines in my head. Don't, don't you have memory? That's the only, that's the only one. Yeah, but yeah, but I knew that before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I only like... know that from, from School of Rock when Jack Black has Summer Sink. He goes, okay, uh, Summer, stop singing. Uh-huh. We're going to give you the most important job. Uh <laughs> Yeah. yeah. All right, uh, Matt. You watch uh, movies. Give us one. So, because I was so wrapped up in Hawkeye, I only had time to watch one movie this week, and it's a movie I've seen countless times by this point. But my wife got so tired of me complaining that it's never anywhere to stream. She goes, "Just buy it." So she, she had no idea what she had wrought when she allowed me to buy Pop Star Never Stop, Never Stopping, um, the Lonely Island movie, which it only gets funnier with each rewatch. It's true. I. I, I can't not. And then I went and watched about 80% of the the deleted scenes and special features. And the, I, I feel the that. only reason they took them out was because it, you can't make a movie that funny. Like, there's just no... There's, there's limits. Cool. Yeah, so... And I, granted, this movie's not for everyone, but if you do love Lonely Island... Um, I mean, it's definitely more than the... I don't know if Connor has watched it yet but the untitled or unauthorized Bash Brothers biography on Netflix. No, I didn't um, know it was a thing. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, So that's that's their take on Beyonce's Lemonade, but it's about the 1980s Oakland A's baseball team and the Bash Brothers and and how they're taking steroids, Jose Canseco and Mark McGuire. I'm into um, it. You get Sterling K. Brown showing up to lip sync at uh, Sia Lines um, about silk robes and kimonos. So if that seems like your jam, then um, I'm into it. That's it's not as crazy as this, um, or pop star is not as crazy as that, but it's still pretty up there. Um, yeah. The but, whole when Matt I, mentioned she was watching it, I had yeah. the the F Bin Laden song in my head for about yes. six hours. 
Because you can't. You, yeah. you can't not. Um, I, I've still not it. seen it, so I have no to add on. Um, <laughs> on pop no, star. but there, so there's 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 a part where they put the because it's supposed to be a mockumentary. It's making fun of the Justin or Justin the um uh, yeah Justin Bieber documentary, and it's following him on an, an album release. Him being Connor for real, yeah. is Andy Samberg's character. But there's a point where they shut off the camera so he can talk to his manager seriously, but the mics are still on and giant bees attack. As I learned from the deleted scenes, that was meant to be a running joke that keeps coming back. And well, they, the bees they cut or cutting off the camera? Both. Cutting off the <laughs> camera and then bees attacking and then them asking the camera if they got that. Um, and again, it only gets funnier with the, each the bit time. With the, the bit with Seal gets me good yes. every time. Yeah. Funny, funny thing, I have these scars. Wolves, mate. <laughs> so, I think it's funny because they're, they're from uh, lupus disease, which is obviously... Right. Uh, yeah. Wolves. Wolf. Yeah. Right. Right. So, yeah, and just seal. Yeah, it's. I just. I. Uh, I can't. I'm, I'm probably gonna watch it a couple more times just because now I have it and. Uh, yeah. uh, it got fairly cheap on iTunes, so. I. I. I'd watched it when it came out because it was like mm. immediate priority when it came out, obviously. Yeah. And and then I um I picked it up maybe six months ago on Blu-ray like yeah. just cheap secondhand yeah. and had it and I was like I'm having that, right. and uh, it was like to, to the girlfriend we're watching this tonight. Like there, was, yeah. there was no choice involved. It's like it was. This. It was one of those ones where we went to see it at the movie theater, and I was laughing so hard. M mind you, as much as I love Lonely Island, I understand why people don't like Lonely Island. So mm. it wasn't like this hit at the. Me and my wife were like the only people in the theater, but I was belly laughing at certain things. Oh, so and it was funny. one of those ones. She goes, "You need to calm down," you know. Um, and then when I went to go see it, I wanted to see it again because you know you're laughing so hard you miss things. It was out of the theaters. And then when it came out on home release, it was like, you can't find it. It's just one of these ones. It's just, you know, not that they're the same movie, but the house with the clock in its walls is something that I really wanted to see. And it's, it was in and out of theaters the, the time it came out. I can't find it to rent very, very easily or for a fair price, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but Popstar was like that for the longest time. So when it would show up on HBO, we're watching it, you know. And so... I just said I could really watch that right now. She goes, just buy it. I'm tired of you whining about it. And I was like, okay. Um, so, yeah, it was ah, so good. Pete, do yourself a favor. It's better than Cats. I'll tell you that much. Oh, well, I have no doubt about that. I have, I, there's very few things in this world that, are, that could be worse than the movie Cats, quite frankly. Uh, Carter, give us one. What did you watch? Um, I got two. I'll, I'll stick with a, a comedy angle for, for the first one. Uh, which was a Japanese film from 1957 that I watched. Uh, it is called, uh, I think it was called Sun in the in the Last Days of the Shogunate. Uh, it has an alternate t title, which is a Sun Tribe myth from the, the Bakumatsu era. Um, it's, it's essentially a screwball comedy, but Japanese. Um, I was really into it. It's... Um, it does this really interesting thing at the start where you have like it's set in the kind of mid to late 1800s um but you have one scene at the start um where it shows you the same kind of town or city whatever it is um in present day and it gives you this this context of uh okay in the next few months the laws around uh prostitution are changing here in japan and, and it's going to massively upset this uh this essentially this red light district of this town uh, that's been going for you know hundreds of years and it's all about okay this this seismic shift about to happen and, and kind of where the world is right now and it, it so it kind of sets up this context there for for its point um 
because then the rest of the movie is set in in one of these brothels essentially and you have a you know a guy who comes in uh i, I can't remember his actual name i forget but they, they end up calling him mr grifter for a lot of the movie um he comes in with a bunch of his friends and he's like hey you know to all of them hey don't worry about it you know you guys sneak out in the morning i'll cover it all don't worry and he knows he can't pay and essentially agrees to kind of stay and work off his debt like you know he'll you know do, do jobs around the place and whatever and they're like yeah sure why not and he is essentially the link to a bunch of various kind of short stories that are kind of happening around him just in his his general atmosphere uh like you have one of the the prostitutes making these fake notes of to say that she'll she'll uh you know to, to get engaged with someone and like giving them to both a, a, a father and son independently and then you know, then finding out about it, and then Mister Grifter trying to come in and smooth the situation out, and kind of play it all out. And, and it, it's uh, it's very very funny and quirky. Um, and a lot of it, the, the reason he's there is um, he's ill. It, it starts off like, oh, he's just got he, he claims that oh, it's just you know just a bit of a cough, but uh, it becomes very clear quite quickly that he's he's got TB, and he's like, oh, I'm, you know, he's he's here. He's, he's not that that long left. Um, so he's just kind of helping out around the place and kind of pulling some scams as he does it um but it's it's very funny uh, a lot funnier than i thought it was going to be uh, i really enjoyed it okay that's an interesting yeah. pick uh yeah. i watched onward this week uh yeah, yeah buddy Pete watch onward before me yeah for reals okay <laughs> i just did i just uh, it fell at the time uh first pixar movie i've watched since i think inside out I want to say. You miss some good ones, good though. Uh, people tell me. People tell me. Uh, but I don't know what to expect from this. Uh, I was convinced Brian Cranston voiced the dead dad in the flashbacks, but it wasn't him. <laughs> it sounded no. like him, though. Uh, so, no. But you, you, this is, uh, you know, Pixar's recent offering. It's a world that, you know, used to be magical and full of fancy things, but then they decided that, oh, wait, electricity exists and there's all these other easier options, so magic kind of died out. need magic. But it's, yeah. it's still all these, like, races and, like, species that you would get in a fantasy world, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, like, the, the mum's boyfriend, for example, the cop's uh, a minotaur. So, like... Uh, a centaur. A centaur, sorry, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, like... You know, like, you have this kind of weird setting, uh, and the kid, the dad died when they were young, you know, the two brothers, uh, the older one kind of remembers him, the younger one not really, he wasn't, like, old enough to even acknowledge him, um, and they, they're kind of weird, you know, the older brother's voiced by Chris Pratt, he's kind of this loser who loves D&D and believes in magic, uh, and he's taking a gap year, the younger brother's kind of this dweeby guy who's too nervous to ask people to come to his birthday party, uh, but ultimately... Uh, the mum whips out this staff. So, hey, your dad told me to give you this when you when you were both sixteen. Uh, so here's here's the staff. Uh, it turns out the younger son has some natural magical abilities, and they have this gem that will bring their dad back for one day. Uh, but it doesn't go right. They only get half the body, only the legs. So they have to go on a quest to find another gem so they can finish the spell. And that's what the movie really is: is them going on this quest. And they're kind of like you know, it leads them to like this this crappy restaurant, for example, where. The, uh, the 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 owner might actually be this mythical creature who can lead them on the next part of the quest, but she's just a restaurant manager now. Uh, so it's, it's it's kind of this you know reigniting the belief in all this old stuff. But because it's Pixar, obviously the actual heart of the movie is their relationship and them you know never. 
being with their dad, wanting to fill that, and then the bond between the pair of them and the idea that, you know, the younger brother thinks the older brother's a screw-up and is always getting in the way and doing stupid things and getting them into trouble. But there's a lot of mischief along the way with, you know, spells going haywire and... Because uh, he uses the staff a bunch of times for different things. Uh, yeah. So well, And it's the older brother who has learned about the magic because the magic was the basis for his Dungeons & Dragons-like game. Yes. So... Every every mechanic from the game ends up being based off of some real magic. So now, even though he he only knows it through the game, he's got to teach his younger brother who has the talent, you know, the for it. Um, yeah, this I this is I think the last movie I saw in theaters before everything closed. So if if this is the last one, let's say for for a while, I I went out on a high note because man, there the tears were shed throughout this movie. As someone that has a difficult relationship with his brother, um, and and whatnot, there's a lot, a lot for me to to grab onto here. Um, but yeah, so so Pete, did did you like Onward? I did like Onward. It was a really solid movie. Uh, yeah, it's, yep. it's 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 really good. I, I think that the funny thing with Pixar now is that I'm at a point with them where they're really reliable and they make really solid movies, but the wow factor of how good Pixar are is faded away and faded away a while ago. That's because uh, you didn't watch Coco. Yeah, Coco's Coco's up there. That's um, got that magic to it. Sure, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know if I'll agree, but we'll see. I'll watch it at some point. Uh, but... Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to look at some of the other ones. Like, I enjoy Incredibles 2 because it's a nice partner for The Incredibles. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I haven't seen a lot of these recent sequels, you know? but the reason why I say that is because it reminds me a lot of Inside Out, which I also thought was really solid. But at the end of it, I was like, yeah, that was really good. But you know, it uh, it wasn't like you know game changing. I, I don't know. I I maybe because I relate to the the older brother, in this one a little bit. Um, and this one this one had a lot more to me when Inside Out came out. And people were like, "Oh my god, it's the best Pixar movie." It, I look at him like, "Did I did I miss something? Did I fall asleep and not realize it?" Because it's it's good, and I appreciate what what Pixar is trying to do storytelling wise with it. I just. I don't know. It just, it fell off. And then Coco comes out and Coco just between the animation and the story and the stuff that it does with the music, I, it's Pixar's back up. So, yeah. you know, um, that, that said, as long as they steer clear after Toy Story 4, let, let's give us some original stuff again. Well, we've got I think they'll Soul, be I think it's called. Yeah. Coming, well, later this year now, like November, I think they yeah, pushed it, it to for now. It got pushed. Um, I think it was supposed to be like June, but now it's coming out yeah. in November, which yeah. it might. We'll see. And it's mm-hmm. so the thing that gets me on that one though is it's 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 similar to Inside Out, and it's the same team. And I and again I understand what they're doing, but like I don't know. Well, yeah, maybe it won't land, but I, at the very least, yeah. you could appreciate it's definitely original yeah. in the sense that okay, it's not an Inside Out sequel. It's different. It's not right. Inside Out two. Right. Right. Which, a lot of the sequels, though, like Dory, Finding Dory, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed Toy Story 4. I seem to be yeah. in the minority oh, there. No, it's, it's, it's fantastic, um, and, and the whole point of that movie is is, is yeah. confirming why it exists as a movie in the yeah. first place. Cars 3 I, is the best of them a, for me. It's a shockingly good sports movie. It is, and um, Credibles 2, which I thoroughly enjoy. Like It doesn't have the same magic as the first, but like I'll never not hysterically laugh at Jack-Jack versus the Raccoon. Like it gets me every time. It's so uh, good. I, I, no, I, right. it's it's not the first Incredibles movie, but I love no, it. It's, you it's know, so solid. So and onward, I, I I would put up in the upper echelon of of the Pixar movies. Um, 
just but again i'm I'm a little bit more biased i super relate to the story so um and, and guinevere i needed myself a guinevere and for those that don't know watch the movie and it'll make sense yeah uh yeah i just i don't have a an allegiance to pixar like they make solid <laughs> movies and that's oh, kind of i was it. gonna say i don't have a heart yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I and that's where I feel my my Pixar bias shows a lot. Um, like you, 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 as, you two sat and listed like the last like you know eight movies they brought out yeah. and your th- thoughts on each one. I'm like, I don't care enough about yeah. Pixar to make sure I see every one and have an opinion on all of them. Yeah, I mean that's what happens when I sold my soul to Disney though. Like I have to do these things. Yeah. So yeah. you know they they own they own everything but my DC comics that I enjoy. So you know I give them a fair shake. That said, they they've broken their their trust in the live action movies now so uh, th- those get a you know i'm not gonna rush out and see those still after. pretty interested in mulan yeah, mulan's mulan is different though yeah like there's that doesn't feel like a remake for the sake of the remake that was like hey you know it'd be cool if we adapted this as a you know kung fu wushu movie yeah it's like um, yeah that would be it actually looks kind of pretty different to the the animated yeah. uh, and yep just already just on what's different mm-hmm. sounds like okay it justifies why they've done this yep so you know i and i want disney to keep pushing because for me pixar was always that company that was kind of pushing animated like disney could take a step back on their animated movies because they knew pixar was gonna push take it forward slack, so they yeah. could yeah so they could, they could get weird and then i felt like for whatever reason pixar were the ones that were getting weird and then disney fell back into that well these are the safe ones we'll just We'll do Frozen, you know. But then I, I feel like Frozen Two is sufficiently weird, all things considered. You I know, it's not a typical. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, it's not. A, it's not. A, was pretty good. It, it's fine. Like me and James go back and forth on this. Like I'll, I'll take Tangled, which I feel that was one that they took a chance on, and Tangled is oh, completely no, unconventional. That, that is better. You know, and and I love it. It's one of my favorite animated films. You know, um, but yeah, I, I had this discussion on Twitter a couple weeks ago with a guy about. Just because the Little Mermaid brought back the Disney Renaissance, if it's more or less important than Toy Story Three, which I feel is like that is peak animated movie to me, mm-hmm. like just for storytelling, emotion, the technology, Little Mermaid's fine. And I gotta check, make sure my wife's not listening because that that's getting beat with the hockey stick. That's one of her favorite movies. Um, but Little Mermaid as a film itself is it's just okay. Like you said, you know. With, with one of the other movies, it's, you know, it's, it's culturally important though. And I understand that and I'll never, but if, if you ask me which one I'd rather watch, I'm going to go Toy Story 3 because that movie, it, it puts me through the paces of emotions and, and whatnot versus Little Mermaid, which it's a fine watch. It, it's, it comes you know, around to something minutes. we were kind of talking about earlier, like when we were talking about like uh, Gone with the Wind, like, yeah. it's hugely culturally important, obviously, yeah. but you know, do you necessarily want to watch it a lot? Maybe not. No. Depends who you um, ask. Right. And, you know, or or something like even like Sleeping Beauty, which goes, goes farther back. But what they did with the painted backgrounds on there, you know. Yeah, it's gorgeous. I mean, that that means more to me than I, than Little Mermaid. I know that sounds it's going to sound crazy because of what Little Mermaid did. And, you know, I like Ariel as a character. She's fine. But I don't know. Compared to something like Beauty and the Beast, right, where I feel that story is way more complex and dynamic. Mm-hmm. You know, but but yeah, no Disney. I mean, they are the standard bearer. You know, love or hate, and I, I feel like Leica is giving them a, a run now. Like it's kind of where Pixar was 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, where they're last pushing the envelope. Been, 
fantastic. Yeah, which I do need to see. I, I should watch uh, Missing Link uh, by the next yeah. show. I, it's, make... it's a very uh, you sort of movie, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was another one that I was going to see at the theater. And just because of the turnover rate anymore, that if you don't go that first weekend, it, it's... Showtime's terrible, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, do I... I can't go at, at 10 in the morning because I work, but I'm also not going to go at 9 at night, you know, because I, mm. I, you know, so... But yeah, I feel like we're at a weird place in animation right now. I mean, just movies in general. But that's a conversation for another time. I felt the last 10 minutes was a conversation for another time. Yeah, well, me and Connor had fun. <laughs> the viewers might have been too. I bet you did. I regret bringing Onward up because it led to a lot of Disney talk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is something I thoroughly don't give a shit about. Uh, but <laughs> uh, you only had one, Matt. Connor, you, you got another movie you want to throw out? Yeah, I've, I've got one that it's a it's an out there movie um another japanese movie uh this was uh again i was watching it because it's a movie it's a takashi miike movie oh, oh, oh uh this is visitor q and i don't know if pete's seen this one or not uh, i have not no it was one that I, I remember back when i first started like grabbing like japanese movies on dvd and stuff i remember that being one that was always kind of on the the list of potentials but i never actually saw it this is out there. This is this is wild, and there's very little I can say about this in a very family-friendly way. Uh, um, but, okay, let me just paint you a picture of the start of the movie. You got you got your your production logos coming up, a little bit of music, a little bit of like background noise, right? You got the title on a black screen. You got the title coming up, and you have the first line of dialogue over that title. And the first line of dialogue is, "Have you ever done it with your father?" and that is tame compared to where this movie goes like there, there is very little i could say like about the actual details um the the point of the movie like a lot of it it feels like there's a lot of shock value elements in there but there is actually a point um when you look at it to deconstruct it it's it's very much this incredibly dysfunctional family with all these horrific elements about them turned up to 11 doesn't even do it justice um like you you have elements such as the, the father cheating with it you know with the younger woman uh the school bullies on on the son um the way that the mother has to try and cope with her troubled son you know things like that and the daughter uh is is, is estranged you know has, has moved out and has become a call girl um so the, these elements and then turned up to like 15 it gets intense it goes to some really screwed up dark places. Um, this is not for the faint of heart. You know, go in with that warning. It's only about 90 minutes. Uh, and the, the rate of escalation is terrifying. Um, it's intense. But the, there is a point to like 90% of what it's doing. Maybe 95. I don't know. It was, was a little bit disingenuous. Um, but the word I, I use to, to, to say is it, it's wild. It's a wild ride. <laughs> like, oh boy, the places this goes that I cannot say, but if you've seen it, um, and you know what the, the the ending of this movie, where with the especially the the, the father's plot and, and where that intersects with the the mother at the end, who boy, that that is something. Um, that's that's all I'll say about it, um, because I, I I wouldn't wish to to sully the ears of anyone who wouldn't want to hear anymore. But also, if you want to go into this, go in blind. Don't know any more than that. Just go in and and just 
just be prepared. Look forward to next week's show where Matt will give his thoughts on Visitor Q when he goes and watches it. No, because I'm reading the I'm reading the wiki and nope, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I feel like this is page has what happens at the end with the the big climatic like most screwed up bit. Um, no, but the term rigor mortis is is there, and I'm not going to give it away. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to know I, because I've ever watched Shark I, Tank. But sometimes guys will come in there and, and the sharks that are, you know, they'll be automatically, I'm out. As Connor started talking in the first sentence, I should have said I'm out. But then I let him keep going and I got a little bit curious. So I went to the wiki. I'm out. No, yeah. thank you. I, uh, I will watch this at some point. So I, I will not look for spoilers. But uh, I mean, if you, if you want to watch it, we can do a review on this. Um, I make no promises for the future. Uh but that is something that I'll get to at some point. Um, all right. Uh, yeah, so I had a few more. Uh, I'll, I'll mention, uh, I mentioned Cynthia Rothrock movies recently. I'll just mention that I watched Martial Law 2 Undercover. It was Ooh. extremely mediocre. <laughs> Too bad. Uh, I watched White of the Eye, which was a horror thriller from 1987, which it feels a little bit artsy, but it's kind of a normal, like someone got murdered, they're investigating this guy uh like the wife starts to like wonder like could it really be him isn't it isn't that but like honestly i don't think anything in the opening like hour prepares you for where the movie goes in the last 20 minutes and it's not anything that extreme compared to what connor was just talking about but just in the sense that it feels like it turns into a completely different movie it feels like when you hit the last 20 minutes it's like wait a minute where was this movie in the last you know hour and a half Uh, a little bit too long uh, but certainly interesting and quirky enough in places that wasn't uh, a bad watch necessarily if you like weird movies. Uh, I will mention the final movie though, Mortuary, uh, which is a horror movie from 1983, which is notable for one reason and one reason alone, is that it features a very young Bill Paxton uh, playing a high schooler. Uh, only only one year before Terminator came out, although I have a stinking suspicion because of the copyright that it was actually completed in like 1981 and was sitting on the shelf for a couple of years. Because uh, this is the youngest I've ever seen Bill Paxton look. Um, and has, he steals every scene in the movie. He's the best part of the movie, for sure. Uh, the movie's a little bit a little bit ploddy at times. It doesn't keep up the energy, which is a shame because there's, there's a couple of really good kills in it. There's a kill at the start, which is really fun. And then one, like sort of end of act two which is also really good not because the kill itself is that inventive but because of how it's filmed and it kind of keeps repeating the moment of the killing just over and over again and it's kind of almost like laughably amazing just how long it keeps the the i'll just say the stabbing going as like like, i think she's dead (laughs) i think she's dead killer i think she's dead uh but yeah uh, so that, that was basically That's a hell of a sentence. I didn't know how long the stabbing was going. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was it. I'll probably talk, those last two. I'll talk a bit more about in the horror news this week with Tim. But uh, yeah, so yeah, that was those movies I watched this week. Uh, they were not for review purposes in some way or other. So uh, there you go, movies done. All right. So I know me and Matt probably do a bit of wrestling talk. So maybe we'll get that out of the way first, and then. Uh, Go to video games to sort of wrap up. Don't worry, Connor. It, it shouldn't take that long because I am officially done with WWE. Um, I, I unsubscribed, although they already charged me, so I have it for another month. <laughs> no matter what. Yeah, I'll let you do that. I'm going to go and see yeah. what I'm going to order from the takeaway. Ooh, there all you right, go. I'll go on then. All right. Uh, 
So, well, yeah, I mean, even Dynamite's not going to be that long a conversation because it was kind of a dull time, yeah. Dynamite. Uh, and I don't blame yeah. them, but... No, they all can't be bangers. Yeah, right? I mean, they're, they're juggling a very small roster right now because it's half of the roster can't make it. Uh, they're bringing in a lot of indie jobbers to kind of like make up the numbers. And mm-hmm. ultimately, it's just, it can't be that exciting. No, Pineapple Pete, uh, whose name is uh, Shug D, mm-hmm. are pretty entertaining, though. Like that was a pretty pretty fun match. Yeah, a lot of charisma uh, come from him. Considered. Yeah, a lot of yeah, charisma. Yeah, he, he seems like a lot of fun. Honestly, um, my favorite part might have been the uh, promo that Britt Baker did from the dentist office. Yeah, I liked that a lot. She's pretty good. She's pretty funny. She, she is not gonna let us forget. No. You know, you know. So that, that's good. Um, well, I'll just I'm gonna rip the bandaid off quick. Uh, the main event pretty ungood. Oh yeah, like, it sucked. It's 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 fine. However, I'm not a Jim Ross guy. I'm gonna be the first to say this. Uh, I've gotten in arguments with people who say that Jim Ross's calling makes a match go from a, a B to an A, and I feel like it, maybe that was true back in the day. Yeah, Him yeah, doing I, this very dull, long match did not add to it. I, I think at his prime, because you know, when I was growing up in wrestling, and we're, we're talking like mm-hmm. 1998, you know, peak of the Attitude Era, yeah, yeah. He, he was great. Him and King as a team were great at the time. But, I mean, look at where King is. King's been terrible for years. Like, no one's liked King's commentary for a long ass time. But he was, as the heel right. commentator with Jim Ross in 1998, he was solid. I, yeah. I, I think, yeah, I, the, the commentary wasn't great. But honestly, the fact that it was a long match, it had, there was two ad breaks in it to t- let you know it was like a good almost 30 minute match, right? All in. Mm-hmm. And it was dull. It was boring. Jake Hager is a dull ass wrestler. And, no, I don't think like maybe some of the most like fanciest wrestlers, maybe Kenny Omega can make him be not boring, but Moxley can't I don't know, do it. Because, no, because I feel like though that's Hager's character though. Is he supposed to be this boring, plotting, technical guy? Um, and I think he does that very well. I just so they they brought in a lot of people doing talking heads. Almost like if, if this was an actual match, mm-hmm. right? Like a, not a match, but like a like a fight. So they, they brought in Bellator guys and they had guys saying like, oh, well, this, this is going to be over in 30 seconds and stuff. And you know what? Had it been like that, had it been this quick match that 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 Moxley <laughs> caught a lucky thing Matt, and it, just ended it. Instead, we were you know? we, we were hoping for th- like five minutes out of the best. Like, oh, I wish this was yeah. 30 seconds. Why could this yeah. be 30 seconds? Exactly. Like, had this been that match, like, great, you did it the the legit fighter got caught and and stuff happens but instead we had an empty arena match that didn't really ever come into play yeah um, I have and then to... you had you had jr going why are there barriers there's no crowd why is there barriers if there's no crowd <laughs> like, why are you pointing to the thing that you should be putting over Right, like yeah. these two he, were, are he, going, he are, went, are trying to wreck each other. Of course, they're using barriers. He went on. Like, he went on for a bit about the chairs. Like, what? You know, why is there still chairs yeah. when there's no crowd? Answer me that question, folks. Like, what? Russell, having him commentate on his own is a terrible idea. Because even even yep. a good commentator, I don't think, is that great on their own. Like, no. Even Jericho, I think, if he was on his own, would not be that good. I think having Jericho no. with Shivani, really good. By the way. Interesting bit of trivia. You know that match from like a week or two ago where uh, it must have been last week, uh, and it was the tag team match with Omega and uh, huh? uh, and uh, and the oil guy, the uh, baby Nakazawa. oil, Nakazawa. Yep. Thank you. Uh, 
basically you know the, a lot of the comedy of that was like them like saying these really dumb wrestling move names yep yep well turns out omega and nakazawa played a practical joke on shivani and gave him a list of names that these, yep. these were before they started the match and like shivani didn't know what these words were so when he said the hentai slide he didn't realize that that was a porn thing when he said that uh, nope. so that actually makes it even funnier that this was a, and I feel a joke like jericho kind of did and he just rolled with it oh yeah jericho just went with it yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah jericho i can't talk good enough things about him like this just becomes a, the Jer- jericho hour his, oh yeah his commentary this week putting over guevara right they did the bubbly bunch where all of the members of the inner circle are communicating how great they are yeah, uh, but and, also social distance in their own houses. Yeah, and uh, just in case you were you were wondering, like they using their like, if they actually sent like production crews to their houses. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was at Ortiz. The quality on his camera was like yep. you know it's like much worse than what we've got right now Potato. on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Potato quality. It was awful. And so it was that was really his laptop camera is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, and it was it was really good talking about how great they are and that you know the that even if we can't be together in person, we're we're together via video. Cause that's the way the inner circle rolls. We have each other's back and it just, it's, it's great. Like it, it's yeah, those little Jer- tiny things. Jer- Jericho was uh, cooking eggs and he was like, put, he poured like oil or something like all over the counter. And then the next scene it went over, it was fine. Yeah. It, it, like, the, the shot. Yeah. The continuity, it wasn't there. It was really yeah. funny. Uh, it was real good. So yeah. I, yeah. I mean, honestly, not a lot to say about Dynamite. I mean, there was a lot of squash matches. Yeah. Uh, the, the one tournament match, uh, Oh God. Well, Solid. Yeah, who was it in the tournament this week? It wasn't Darby. It was uh, Guevara and no, Guevara did Pineapple Pete because they were yeah, they talked yeah. about Darby. Ne- next next week's got two quarterfinal matches. Next oh, week's got it was, it was uh, Colt. It was Colt and Lance Archer. Yeah, Colt which was, Lance. Which yeah. Surprisingly, it was um, surprisingly good, and it, it was that, good to see someone get in offense on Archer. Yeah. Right? That, that, we've just seen him do squash matches. That was probably the best match just because it yeah. had the only real kind of weight to yeah. it. But and and the way that it was believable with Colt Cabana who has wrestled all in every federation basically, right? Like he's been everywhere. So of course this journeyman guy is gonna be able to take it to the murder hawk, although not successfully. Uh and and well, I thought they did a good job with, with how the the match ended. Like, it ended quick. As you know, you Matt, know? he's also a wrestler. Yes, he is also a wrestler. <laughs> uh, so that was basically it. Not a whole lot to talk about with Dynamite. Yeah. Uh, the big thing this week is WWE firing, like, 50 people uh, on Wednesday. Everybody. Yeah, and the one that really hit me, so, like, I've I've been out on WWE for, for a while now, and I just, you, you, you see some of the business decisions they're making, and I can kind of ignore it because I really liked what was going on on NXT. Um, although that was the only reason I had the network anymore was to watch the NXT takeovers. And occasionally you'd watch the Royal Rumble or, or whatever, you know, WrestleMania. I don't know when they're going to be able to do another takeover. And as of right now, they moved all the takeover matches that were supposed to happen during WrestleMania weekend to USA, mm-hmm. which I can watch anytime, right? I have Hulu. I could DVR it. I still have a DVR. So I didn't feel the need to have it. And then they go and announce... A, a a G1, like a New Japan style. So the G1 is this awesome tournament that they do, well, they did every summer where you take, you know, 20 guys, put 10 in each, each bracket, and it's a round robin. So they each wrestle each other, and they get points. The top two guys end up facing each other 
for for a title shot. Yeah, so it's in two it's in two blocks. So the winner of each block faces the end. Yeah. So WWE announced that they were going to do this because because of all the craziness that's going on right now in the world, their current cruiserweight champion is is stuck in the UK, uh, and he can't come over here to defend the title. So they were having a interim champion tournament where they were going to use the block system. It was going to be a lot smaller though. It's only four guys on each side. And weirdly, one of the guys they put there was was Drake Maverick, who's really only been a manager. He wrestled in TNA under the name Rockstar Spud. And man, this dude shot a he shot a an angle at his wedding for the WWE 24-7 title. Right? This is all he had wanted to do. And they released him right before they're gonna start this tournament, where he's supposed to wrestle the minimum three times. Uh, and he put this, man, it, it it got me. And I understand that these guys are you know, they're kind of freelance workers. They kind of know works here and there. But, man, you could tell it wrecked him. Like, it came that, from that, but that, That's a whole argument because, like, like WWE put in their contracts, they're freelancers, but they're not really. Like, it's... They're not. They're, they're freelancing them only say, to benefit them. Of course. I mean that in a freelancers, unless you're the top guy, you're kind of expendable and you can be let go at any time. You know what I mean? So, like... Just because he was in this tournament didn't mean like he was going to be – because he hadn't been used properly. So it was weird that they put him in this tournament to begin with when you have all these other guys that could have been in it. Uh, you know, do, you know, do, then, do you know what's happened here? WWE were hogging talent to hold them from competition mm-hmm. for the last couple yep. of years and then decide that because of what's going on now, they want to be cheap. Because this is the thing. Financial analysis has happened in the, the last couple of days that have showed that yep. they were not losing money. They were still going to make profit this yep. year. They didn't have to do this. But Vince McMahon... Yep. Uh, why to be greedy? He's, he's there's all ideas of corruption that he's about. You know he's close to the president, and he maybe knows that this is not yep. going to go back to normal for a while. And he wanted to save yep. some money, and he fired like fifty people, uh, at yep. least so far. So it's uh really it just it looks bad. It looks like you it kept does. all these you kept all these people on board, and then fired them at a time where they can't get another job because no one's right. really doing anything. And sure, right. AW may pick up a couple of people, but they it's not like they're in a position right. to hire tons right. of people right now. No. So we were talking about this because uh, one of the shows me and my wife both enjoyed together. It's a podcast about theme parks called Podcast the Ride. And Zack Ryder goes on because he's a theme park guy as well as an action figure guy. He's been on that show a couple times. Um, so when I told her that, that Ryder got fired after, you know, he's been there forever. And he had the side hustle uh, doing a, like an action figure theme. And she goes, oh, do you think they'll pick him up? And I was like, out of anybody, not just because he's close with, with Cody – I feel like if even if you want to just bring him on as a personality and not just a wrestler, I feel like you could do that with him. Can you do that with Kurt Hawkins? I don't think so because what's he going to do over there? You know what I mean? Um, the Outside of Drake Maverick slash Rockstar Spud, the one that I thought was weird is they got rid of Carl Anderson, who now if <laughs> continuity is going to go, that Undertaker legitimately killed him in, in Gallows because that's the last time they were seen on WWE TV was in that that boneyard match um but they let him go apparently he's already heading to japan Mm. like he's already put out a thing um they let the revival go last week and so they they've been out on a a spree but yeah and and like i don't want people to misconstrue me uh, the whole freelancer thing because i i think that wwe system is completely wrong and stuff i was just when you're when you're jake maverick and not being used you can kind of feel but it felt like he was on the upswing. So for them to, it's almost to me doubly cruel 
what they did to him, you know. Um, yeah. And like Pete said, they you let them go, and then you know, not all of them are Carl Anderson who have an inroad to go work somewhere else, you know. Not that there's any really wrestling. Like I know New Japan is is all shuttered up. Every Japanese company right now, they actually banded together and went to talk with their government on how to handle this, um, you know, which would never happen here. Yeah. There's this stupid mentality that they're not, you know, all the same, you know, but they're all on this boat together. So it, it's a super bummer. And that's, and it really was them letting Maverick go in such the cruel way that they did it that I was like, I, I don't need this anymore. Yeah. You know, I can, I can catch up many different ways. I mean, Reddit, that's how I was keeping up to begin with. Anything of note would get talked about on Reddit. They'd have a short, you know, two-minute clip or whatever. And I'm pretty up-to-date. So it's not like AEW. Although I did tell my wife that when Double or Nothing happens, I am going to rent it. Because now I've, I have extra money, right? I'm not paid for the network. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a bit weirder than a $50 pay-per-view when it's going to be empty arena. Because, like... Yeah, I, I see. I'm not thinking it's going to be that much. I think they're going to do something. Uh, we'll see, yeah. I mean, uh, maybe they'll change what they're doing, their plan is, but... You know. Uh, but yeah. But hey, weird, weird, weird times, yeah. strange times. Oh, the other thing I don't is that Howard Finkel passed away this week, uh, which is a shame yeah, here. Uh, he was the ring announcer when I was growing up in wrestling, so you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he he basically invented the uh, the and new, you know, in the uh, yeah. the title match call. So and and still right, yeah, that was another one of his. So everyone since him has basically copied the way he did it because it just became a mm-hmm. thing. So. Uh, really cool. Uh, so I actually just realized that we have some questions to do as well, but I may save them for next week. because uh, I think me and Connor are obviously going to talk about Fail Fast 7 here, uh, to kind of to wrap up. Yeah, um, we've been going a while, so questions yeah. yeah. Yeah, we'll do the questions next week. Uh, we'll still want more for next week though, because what we'll do is uh, next week we won't do the off-topic stuff as much. We'll just stick to a lot of questions and quizzes. Uh, if we get a bunch more of them. But, uh, so thank you to people who sent any questions on, on Twitter. We'll all do them next week. Uh, they ain't going anywhere. Uh, so, yeah, video games-wise, I think there's one topic here, and that is Final Fantasy VII, which I was not intending on playing this soon. Uh, I, th- this is a, a weird twist of fate where Last of Us 2 got delayed, which I knew for a while. That's been a few weeks since I got delayed. But uh, what I didn't know is that soon after, they actually refunded everyone who pre-ordered it on PSN and took it off the store, which is actually really fishy because it's like, well, if it's just delayed to a little bit later, why would you do that? So I, you could sit and theorize that maybe it's going to just be a PS5 game now or there's some other reason why they did that. But it's really weird that they took it off the store and refunded everyone. That's a really odd move. Yeah, because they did it with that, and you know, Anime Man VR, which yeah. is, again, weird. Um... Really odd. But uh, So I had this money put back into my account, but it wasn't given to me as money in my bank account. It was given to me as credit on PSN because of how I bought the game uh, using a, a, you know, the, 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 the PSN you know top-up cards. Uh, and because of that, I had just this money sitting on my account, and Final Fantasy 7 was a new big game out, and nothing else was coming out on the horizon, so I got it and i've been playing it uh connor rented it and has been playing it as well he got it a day or two after i did yeah i didn't get it till wednesday because the uh the the uh the post is a bitch right now with uh with everything that's going on yeah but regardless of that he's still far ahead of me because uh connor's actually just got tons of free time right now so uh, yeah i've i've pumped in about 17 or 18 hours already yeah since since wednesday Good lord, Matt, Matt. Mike. <laughs> yeah, I'm about nine and a half hours. Uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of uh, got 
kind of got into it more than I was expecting. Yeah. And yeah. My my favorite thing is reading all of you guys reading this because I'm not playing this as I don't, you know, I, I still haven't finished Fallen Order. Sure. Like, um, right. But <laughs> watching Connor and Tim in our chat get upset that Pete called the villain too anime for his tastes. Uh, it's uh, just, it's, it's my favorite Do you thing. know who voices the villain as well? Yeah, it's Tyler no, Hochland. Tyler Hochland from Supergirl. Yeah. But hold on. My exact voice. Superman. My, just say Superman yeah. Supergirl. Matt Ma st- quoted me incorrectly there. What I actually said is that Cephalus, I'm not calling him Sephiroth, Cephalus oh is anime trash. That was the exact phrase that I used. Anime trash. You know what? <laughs> you, you, was... you put... Hold on, Connor. You put over Kenny Omega all the time. <laughs> it's his... The finisher, the most protected move in professional wrestling from Sephiroth. The one... Re- even I know this. The one-winged angel. Look, Matt, I'm just trying to rail them up a bit, all right? Just calm down. I know. But... There are like a handful of points that the try... game goes full anime. Yeah. And honestly, that that's where the game has surprised me. In that uh, Everything I've ever read, and I've played a little bit of Final Fantasy VII, the original, at some point in the past. Uh, I yeah. played like three or four hours. Um, but it never grabbed me when I tried it. Um, and it's it's not a, a particularly cheerful game like uh, like Aerith is like the one kind of cheerful bright spot in in that game from what i mostly tell everyone else is kind of a bit a bit a bit grumpy yeah yeah i know um but her character her personality was always much more bubbly than everyone else's from whatever yeah, i've almost like she didn't belong there yeah yeah um in this everyone is delightful uh like everyone with, with the exception of cloud who even has his like moments of begrudging right. charmingness but everyone is like much more delightful there is a and you're still so it still follows the the main right because I, I played up to a certain point yeah, yeah it's just uh, a remake so oh. it's this is the plot yeah. seven yeah so, so you haven't even met said highwind yet like in in his rascally behavior so i wonder how they're gonna handle him but that may not be in the first part because it's this is a multi-part yeah, remake yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so. like it's it's the stuff like when it goes anime it does it with a smile yeah. Like there's a there's a guy who loves his bike so much. He's like uh, Rosh, I think his name was. He's incredibly anime. He he rides around having duels with a sword while he's on his motorbike, and he is delightful. He's just so fun um... to watch. And he, the chapter nine is going to be the bit where the game breaks Pete, and he's going to hate it because oh. it go, it goes full anime for about two hours. Uh, we'll see. I because I've been Which... enjoying the I've been enjoying the combat. Uh, I'm into it. The overall story's not bad. The world building's pretty good. Uh, I'm enjoying it much more than, you know, I might have predicted I did in the first place. There are definitely moments, and the end of that motorbike section is definitely one of them, where it goes too anime for my liking. And I still think Cloud's hair's stupid. I still think the big sword is stupid. Yeah, I was, but I was going to ask if his hair is still stupid. His hair's still stupid, uh, yeah. It is, but in, yeah. in, the, in the best way. Uh, is Red 13 still there? I think so, but I haven't got to that yet. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but now I'm enjoying the combat, and the thing is, is that I, I felt like I was enjoying the combat once I got the hang of it early on. But it's quite a while in the game before you actually get three people at once. It's not until the, the sort of the subway sort of section where you finally get three people to play with at the same time. And once I could do that, it, it's really started to click together. You got a lot of material by that point. I like that you can level up weapons, level up the material that's in the weapons. Like you, all these things that you can do as an RPG that really give it there's some. A, there's a really nice mechanic where each weapon has its own like unique ability. 
but if you master that weapon by like, you using that unique ability enough times in certain ways, then you can use that ability with any weapon. Then, yeah. so, so you're not you've got incentive to try out all of them. Yeah, but you're not forced to stick with them. You can go back to the one you like with all the other abilities if you want to, and they all yeah. level up independently. So every time you level up, you get level up points for all the weapons. So no weapons are ever left behind. You can so it's very yeah. user friendly in that way. Uh, it's a very graphically pleasing game as well. The graphics are really good. Uh, yeah, it's it's not perfect, especially uh, some NPC faces and stuff. Yeah, those, those, uh, they're a bit rubbery. I, I would describe it as. Yeah, the NPCs are a little bit like that, but the backgrounds, uh, it's it's got uh, one of the things we're in the slums and you're sort of in the lower because it's a city of two levels, right? You know, you're in the lower plate. Um, it has a very effective use of a pre-rendered skybox to make it look really good for the surroundings, but then obviously the locals are all in just normal video game graphics. Um, so it, it looks really good. Um, but no, to people's surprise, I'm actually really enjoying playing it. There are story elements. Uh, I think the villain, every every tease of the villain I've hated because it, the first time you, you see him in this like flash back dream That's sequence, so whatever cool. it is, uh, he's, he's just, he monologues like a, it's like so much exposition yeah. and monologue I just, I hate it uh, but for the most well, part all, I'm really liking it all I'm going to say about chapter 9 is there is a point where you have to fight a house and oh my god I, yeah. I don't remember any of this <laughs> so I'm, I'm looking all the stuff up so just keep going yeah, it's a uh, it's a uh, it's a fun time. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm supposed to react to it or whatever, but yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm gonna at some point send Matt a uh, a video of one of the things that's in chapter nine that I think Pete's gonna hate. Um, just so Matt, Matt might appreciate a bit more, just to watch for like two or three minutes. Because um, I'm sure there's a video of it right uh, already. You, someone will have it on YouTube for me. Oh sure, um, probably. Yeah. Uh, that said, I mean, I'll you know I'll keep playing, and you know I might even be tempted to go back and play the original after I'm done with this, because obviously this is only part of the story. <laughs> so honestly, um, I, I've kind of had a, a similar feeling, but more just about okay, I, I kind of want to go and play some other Final Fantasy instead. I don't, I don't think I want to go and play seven. I think I, as of right now, I'm just going to wait and experience the story this way in the future. I think as much as it, I can experience that still unspoiled. I mean, you know, I know all the major beats because it's Final Fantasy seven. Um, I actually don't. I have no idea what the ending is or where it goes. So that's <laughs> impressive. Um, uh, yeah, some of those beats are some of the most parodied in gaming. Um, so I'm surprised that you don't know some of those. Um, unless maybe you do and you've seen all the parodies and just don't realize what it what it's parodied. It's very possible. Yeah, it's very possible that I'll have seen the parodies and not. I just don't know what it's parodying that. But yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, what's going on? So I feel like is there a dog or a cat making noise at Matt's? No, I was going to get up. Uh... The wind has decided to start <laughs> coming this way. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was seeing if it was going to stop, but I'm going to shut my window. Yeah. The last thing I want to say for Final Fantasy is that I do like how the characters play different. Now, admittedly, it does mean that some are much better than others, but uh, you know, obviously Cloud's fine. I actually really like Tifa's combat. I think Bar out of the three that I've got to play so far as, because it's really taken a while to get to a fourth character. Um, but Also, Bar um, in, in the time recording, it went from a very beautiful day outside to now it is storming and i didn't even realize it was raining until i went over and i had my window open and everything's wet oh uh, fair so enough that, that's fun yeah. Uh, but yeah i was gonna say barrett's easily my least favorite to play as because he's just like, shooting with his gun arms definitely the most boring yeah. to use but i agree there's points where it's circumstantial that it's necessary um 
Aerith, because I've, I've only got to the Aerith yeah. now, so I've got a fourth character, um, is very different, uh, plays drastically different to any of the others, and I really like how she plays. Uh, it's, mm. it's, it's fun. I, uh... She's the staff, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, no. But, uh, yeah, so... The, uh, the one problem I had for the first few hours was... I really I was like, oh, man, the field of view is too close. It took me a while to realize I could pull it, pull the camera back in the settings. Oh, I did that already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I was like, oh, it's so much better. I, I, kept, I was on the verge of getting a headache from how close it I, was. I always check settings in a game before I start anything. I usually do. And for some reason, I think it's just I do it all the time on PC because it's obviously, okay, I've got to change this, 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 and this, and this. On PS4, I, did, I tend to not need to change as much. It's usually just like sensitivity. Yeah, uh, yeah, and and often they don't have as many settings to change, so I didn't think to check. Spe- but, uh, as soon as I pulled it back, I enjoyed it so much more. Yeah, speaking speaking of PC, actually, I'm actually really close to building a new one. Um, but my problem is going to be that in a couple of weeks, when I've got everything but the graphics card, I, I can build it and put an old graphics card in it just so that it's built. But part of me wants to wait until I've got the new fancy graphics card so that it's the the full new shiny thing when it's all done. But I don't Makes know. Sense. I'll I'll see if I if I'm able, to, you know not get excited and build it early just so it's all done i could just slot the new card i'm gonna get it but hey that's what it is uh but yeah so i've been streaming fail fantasy on the other channel because obviously the main channel is mail tv but there's also mail extra which i just use for game streams uh because i don't want to clutter the main channel up with that uh so i've been streaming that on there uh every so often so um but yeah uh yeah, that pretty much does though. Uh, I think we can kind of wrap up and, uh, you know, obviously we mentioned Patreon earlier. If you want to support everything. And if you're hating these episodes with no comics, don't worry. We do, we do have a return date. We have some comics coming. Uh, we'll still probably do questions and quizzes with those because there's only a few comics, so we'll, we'll keep that going. Uh, but the comics will replace the uh, the off-topic kind of portion of the show. Uh, and any questions sent for this week, we'll do next week. Uh, but I, that is not to say that I don't want more quizzes because the quizzes are fun. So if people want to make up quizzes and send them to mftvquestions at gmail.com, please do so. Uh, he only thinks they're fun because he doesn't have to do them. What do you... I mean, the audience think they're fun. Yeah. They don't have to do them either. Well, that's fine. I, I'm okay with you two being miserable and the audience having fun at it. That's, that's fine. That's a fine result for me. Uh, you can't make everyone happy. <laughs> sure you can. Wait, as long as I, me and the audience are happy, then I, I, as far as I'm concerned, it's an unmitigated success. <laughs> mm, we'll see. What's that, what's that gift from Endgame, the Hulk? Uh, I view this as a complete success. Wait, what? I don't know. I'll tell you word for it. Oh, well, Matt, you know when he when he does the time travel test and he comes back yeah. as a baby and yeah. Hulk's like, oh, this is you know this technically worked though. This is a complete success. Yeah, yeah. yeah there you go. Yeah, uh, that moment. It's a good gift. Anyway, uh, so yes, uh, let us know what you thought of uh, well the news that the comments are coming back for a start. Uh, what you think might happen? Uh, you know. Well, they start filtering the bigger books as we go. Uh, anything else we've talked about? Uh, you know, if you, if you played along with the quiz, let us know how you did. Um, uh, so someone last week let us know that they did better than Connor, even though they never read a DC comic in their life. Uh, which <laughs> that, that was funny. Now it's not a fair comparison, admittedly, because they got to answer all the questions, whereas Matt obviously answered a lot of them. They couldn't get a chance to. But Matt got a couple of nice, easy softballs in there as well. Yes, I can't complete that by accidental. I can't, I can't help it that I'm a power hitter. All right. Yeah. Yes. Lobbing, I'm, I'm turning the plate. That's it. 
But yeah. Matt, Matt's streak is now 2 and 0, so we'll see if that continues next week. So if people want to send in more quizzes, uh, I'll maybe even top up with a few of my own questions. But uh, yeah, so yeah, do all that. Like, subscribe. Uh, get us on the Twitters at DC Comics Podcast. Check out previously in the multiverse, as we mentioned earlier, for me and Carl going through old books uh, for your DC Comics fix right now. Uh, but we'll be back to somewhat business as normal. Uh, not in the not too distant future, a few weeks' time. So, uh, yeah, thank you very much once again for watching and listening. We always appreciate it. Keep reading DC Comics, keep doing other things, keep staying inside, and never get sick in the Speed Force.